Hi, this is Rhett Bartlett. This audio is of the Could Have Been Champions commentating the 1986 VFL Grand Final. They were broadcasting from the Loaded Dog Pub brewery in North Fitzroy. The main commentators of the broadcast are Tony Leonard and Trevor Marmalade, but the entire Could Have Beens are there doing special comments as well. It also includes half time of the broadcast where they uh, interview um, the choreographer of the Carlton Football Club Bluebirds cheerleading squad. Now, because this tape is almost 40 years old, uh, at times the audio does get a bit soft or it drops out or it's a bit crackly. So bear with it because as the tape goes on, the sound quality gets much better. So here it is, with thanks to Greg Norman, no, not that Greg Norman, um, for providing this tape and many others that I'll digitise. Here it is, the Could Have Been Champions broadcasting the 1986 VFL Grand Final on 3RRR from the Loaded Dog Brewery. It's a lovely day in Melbourne. It's 16 degrees. And let's bounce that ball and get the 86 flag underway. Shocking bounce. Favours dear. Deer running through the ball. Dipper can't get it. Running through Wayne Blackwell. Having trouble picking up the ball. Goes to ground. Good kick by Dipper in towards centre-half forward. Brereton behind Dorothy. All over him. Well pushed on, son. Des English caught with the ball. Handball down. Platten going up towards the forward line. Who's he got? He's looking for Jason Dunstall. Hotly pressed by Bruce Dill. Bruce goes towards the boundary line. And it'll be out of bounds in the forward pocket. 45 seconds in with the Hawks in attack, Trevor. Yes, I've had three heart attacks already, Tony. What an exciting start. Score's dead level at the moment. Justin Matindu's battle with does battle with Greg Deer. Craig Bradley on the ball goes towards Wayne Blackwell. Terry Wallace tries to outmark him. Bernie Evans and Langford coming through. Wallace has got the ball. He goes in board looking towards the running Bacanara. I've just about made that. Oh, no. Rob. I think he's going to bounce the ball. Bad decision. Oh, I thought he held that, Tony. Two vigorous tackles early there by Brereton, Doritich and company. Blackwell in trouble. Blackwell looks a little bit in trouble there. No, just looking again at the replay. Correct decision. 35 metres out. Forward pocket. Snap by Orton. special comments from the, um, the Duncan Wright committee on that passage of play. Are you there, fellas? Another handball goes out in the direction of Terry Wallace and he clears. He's looking for Curran. Good 
knock away by Peter Dean. Ball and centre wing though. And here goes the running Richard Loveridge through centre. Ball kick in the division. Running out though, unfortunately. Corbon can't get to it. And Wayne Piggy Harms gets the ball. Goes backwards towards Des English. And he'll bring the ball out to the member stand side. And uh, Meldrum comes out to take the mark in front of Tuck. He might have given away 15 metres there. Meldrum looking downfield. Boots down towards the half-forward region. They set themselves up. They go with Langford from behind, punching the ball down. Johnson comes through, swings onto the left boot and drives into the goal square. Could be a score. They get underneath that and punch through. Four behind to Carlton. Carlton's first score on the board there, Greg. Tony, I've got to pick you up on that reference to Mockley as a sand groper. OK, Greg and team, we'll, we'll cross back down to the, the fence again for specialist comments. How do you see the game at this stage, boys? Yes, well, Dermot Burton tried to uh, line up uh, John Dorotich and missed. OK, so play's on. underway. We'll cross back. Johnson didn't miss Langford, though, with the elbow, and it's on centre-half back as Rocket Rodney goes towards the running current in the back. I'd pay it against Peter Dean. Umpire has seen, and it's out of wing. Come on, Reese, don't back around. Punches. Let's get a real good four or six weeks, and it's going to be 15. Oh, no. oh, yeah, he's been up. up. I don't believe it. Look at his number. Reese Jones. Okay, there's been a report, so I think at this stage we really must cross down to the Duncan Wright Committee. Okay. For this one, Jeffrey, did you see that lovely little right cross right to the jaw from Reese Jones? Six did you think it was reportable? Did you think it was reportable? Certainly was. I got sent off last week for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I might have to stop you there. I didn't see the notebook come out. It just might have been a little bit of a stalking too. He did look at his number though, Tony. I think you'll find. And Gary is well down from the back pocket. He's on centre wing position. 15 metres against Reese Jones. He's 15. That's a very bill. Well, you've got to give Reese Fifth. Let him know who's the boss. Gary is goes towards the forward pocket. It's in that 50 metre arc. The big flying Brereton can't get it. Platten comes through. He can't get it. Motley on top of the ball. Ball up, says the umpire. Umpire says, give the ball to me. And the player says, okay, um, you can have it. I always wondered why they always say, I'll have the ball. Thanks very much, umpire. And uh, I even know how the commentators can read their lips from that direction. Tony, what have happened to stacks on the mill? I've always wondered about that. You never hear stacks on the mill anymore. No, it's more a pile-up now, Kevin. We had a little bit of a mini pile-up there. It's a free kick to John Zoritich against Brereton, and he'll relieve the pressure for the car. Up five minutes in, one goal, Hawthorne, one point Carlton on the loaded dog scoreboard. In the direction now, it's on the centre wing now. Tommy Alvin coming through the Billy Back still look alike. Unfortunately, a poor kick there goes in the direction of Russo. Russo overruns it. Sellers McLeod tries to knock it on. Unfortunately, straight to Tucky. And Tucky to release the pressure for Carlton. Uh, Hawthorne, I mean. And goes to the big dipper. Dipper goes through centre wing now. Oh, oh, no! He can't get the ball. Hang on to Platt. He's still hanging on to him. He has to be holding the man. And average football. Average. I thought he pulled up a bit short in his act too. Oh, but Bacchanara, didn't he get vertigo up that high? 47 metres out directly in front. Johnny Platten lining up for his first shot at the VFL 1986 grand final. He goes long. He goes strong. He gets so close. And I reckon he ought to get three points for hitting it from that distance. Good effort, tiny team of football, John Hawthorne, Platten. Hawthorne, 117, Carlton, one point. The Hawks, one goal in front. It'll be Harms to kick out from full-back. Harms looking downfield. Kicks to centre-half back. They set themselves. It's English taking the mark in front of Platten. Looks for the handball. Scott running through the centre. He drives towards centre-half forward. They set themselves. It was Russo punching down from behind. But Kernahan showing mobility. Takes the ball and drives in towards goal. But it's offline. And 
out of bounds. For a throw in, forward pocket, all goal. Seven plays, one on the loaded dog scoreboard, about seven minutes in camp. Just around from there, score, 7.04. That's how far we've gone. It's Langford doing battle with Kernan. Hunter surprisingly gets the punch. Kicked in midair by Roddy. The ball about 65 yards. Good knock on by Reese Jones. And Reese Jones roughly finds the handball for Harms. He'll just about kick this. He kicked at the distance. But it's only one point. Hasn't that Langford got it a good rock jaw? I believe he uh, almost got the part of Dave Sullivan in the Sullivans when they did the original casting. They're certainly not giving any latitude thus far. But I think the game's been free of the spiteful incidents we all hoped and expected. Uh, it's, only, it's only early. McClure flies high but can't do it. Good knock on by Russell Green. Dipper through centre wing. Handballs the ball away. He's being well hassled there by Tommy Albert. Bernie Evans went for a kick. Couldn't get it through. Good handball. Airs on Curran. And towards Dunstall again. He's out manoeuvred. Bruce Dool then. Dorrit keeps backing up Dool very well. And the strong slab only gets the ball as far as a flattened Brown. There's a shot over his shoulder for one point. And good play then by the kid. Kid sinister of Hawthorne. One goal, two, eight points. Hawthorne plays two points. Carlton, eight minutes in on the loaded dog scoreboard. And how did you see that passage of play then, Greg? Oh, the Carlton people lapped up the Dermot and the hood song this morning at their function. They loved it. I'm sure that's got a big influence on the game. Dual goes uh, member side wing. And it's a good mark there to Peter Dean, and I think he'll get 15 metres. What a classic start to this 86 grand final. He handballs the ball in, and Wayne Blackwell from suspension. First game back goes towards Senarford. Good knock on by Kernan. Johnson tries to dummy. Well tackled Langford. In the back, Langford won't be paid, or will it? No, he won't. Abbott tries to knock the ball away. Schwab hassling through. Can't get the ball. Good knock by Dipper. And let's see what's happening. The umpire's going to call it back, and it's going to be a freeze to Dipper for a bit too high. Tony, are you on something? Yeah, <laughs> I'm on this lovely imported beer, being supplied by the loaded dog. Chris Langford on member side wing, kicks the ball long, and I think it's going to be downfield. I did turn a hand, charged him just after he delivered the ball, and it looks like a free to Gary Ed, who appears to be playing, I'd say, in the middle, or even perhaps on a half-back flank on Wayne Johnson. A bit of a surprise, Langford lining up on Kernahan. Oh, nothing in it, umpire. Well, while the umpire sorts that one out, I'll just see what the reaction is up in the members to the reports that have gone down so far. Chris, uh, the, the members are displeased with the, with the violence? We're disgusted with the general style of the Hawthorne team. Jeff, no points for general neatness amongst the Hawthorne players. No, However, there's six points for Carlton there, Tony. Gold, it's a goal to Molly Meldrum. And I'll tell you, Kernahan ended up with that kick, but he certainly did. The umpire changed his decision. And it's one goal, two, and, each of two, and eight points each of two. Here's a dance from the Bluebirds. Yes, I'm getting down there, getting the screamers on the ground for the goal. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Bluebirds have got, got our own sub-branch here. Trevor Marmalade. Oh, one, two, eight to one, two, eight. We could be back here next week, fellas. <laughs> Scores level in this engrossing tussle as the... Bo- Slaps the ball into the turf. Bounce once again favours Deer, who gets the punch out. Lang gets another punch. Green picks up and drives towards the half-forward flank. Ayers punches the ball on. It's in no man's land. Running for it looks like Motley. Motley takes the ball, swings onto his right foot and looks forward. And it's Glasgow taking the mark. He's grabbed by Curran but gets the kick away. But in front is Ayers taking the mark of Bradley. Looks like must have been a free downfield there. Bradley took the free. Handball over to McClure. Down went Bradley. Cop one right and must gone. 
Kernahan diving for the ball, can't take the mark, and it runs over the boundary line before Russo could get to it. It'll be a throw-in. And the boundary umpire runs up and he says, give it to me, lads. And the lads say, OK, um, sure. Pretty, pretty ordinary effort then from the lads giving it that easily. It's half-forward flank with Carlton in attack. Langford tries to take the ball from the throw-in. It's a Hawthorne kick. The ball actually again in no-man's land, but the running Russell Green gets it on and hits the danger man at the moment. Gary Ayres going through centre. Shocking kick. Finds Dermot Brereton. Brereton shrugs off. Beautiful handball. Carmel straighten up. He goes towards goal. It's there! Two goals, 2-14 points. One, two, eight, Carlton on the loaded dog score. Great piece of play. I'll check down with the Duncan Wright Committee. Do you approve of that one, uh, Phil and Julian? Play not much dirty play, but I tell you what, I've got the training. And who are those bourgeois kids in the grandstand that I've got to put up with at the moment? Oh, they're just keeping a check on things. Do you like the way Dermot Brereton avoided that tackle? Lovely. Thank you. Tony. Well, what a start to this fabulous 86 grand final. And I think it's probably the, one of the greatest grand finals that I've ever had the privilege to call. As the balls bounce down. As Justin Madden gets the ball out, the running Blackwell through the centre. The quick replies coming up, I fear for Carlton. Tommy Alvin looking towards goalie. Has hit the post. In points place nine. Two two Hawthorne. One three nine Carlton. And oh, no wonder he hit the post. Have a look at the hair on him. Is that a weak chance? So far. I don't know. So far I haven't seen Dipper in the action. Uh, the Brownlow uh, Blues are still having the ball being put back into play. Trevor Marmalade. Uh, Muse kicks the ball out from fullback, looking for Dippy Domenico. Madden comes from behind. Can't mark. Dipper scouting behind the pack. Drives into centre half forward. Bacanara sets himself from behind. Oh, it's doubtful, Mark. No, not paid by the umpire. Bit of a scrimmage to Belvinier. Harms comes through. Seeks the slipper in. Comes to Ayers. Left foot into full forward. Come out, Russell. He can Who waltzes into goal. Oh, you. <laughs> I, I want to get a rating out of 10 on that one. Julian Phil down, down in the Duncan Wright Committee. What do you give out of 10 for absolute showiness there? Oh, yeah. Should have got reported for deliberately wasting time. <laughs> it's a great effort, too. And the one thing about uh, Dermot Brown, he doesn't mind sticking it up the opposition when something comes up. It was great play from Dunstall. And just at the minute, no what two ways. <laughs> no, oh. no two ways about it, Bruce got his hands full because Dunstall set up two of Hawthorne's three goals. OK, Trevor, take it away. OK, the ball goes up. Madden gets the hit out again. Blackwell in the van. Takes the ball, but he's hotly pressed. Green puts the tackle on him and a pile-up develops or stacks on the mill as we used to know it and the umpire says, give it to me. And uh, who was the nice boy? And I'll tell you, something. Blackwell well, slow to get up as well. He looks as though he might have caught one in that pack there. Looking very groggy. He, he looked like he caught one right in that pack there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the pack too. The head region, it was, it was a knee from a Hawthorne player. Although haven't stopped play. Away we go, Trev. Okay. No one gets a decisive hit out. They're still fighting for it. Comes to Abbott. He gets the right boot into it. Brereton coming out. Can't take the mark. Diving forward. Curran picks up. Looks for Platten. Finds him with the handball. He goes straight around Motley, who tried to clobber him. He drives in, looking back once again for Curran, who takes the mark in the forward pocket. He wastes no time. Puts the short pass. Oh! Takes the mark and was flattened by Motley. He'll probably take him up, up to the goal line. No, no, no 15 metre penalty. I'll check, with, I'll check with the Duncan Wright committee on that. Should there have been a 15? Disgusting decision. Should have taken him right over the goal line, Jeffrey. Thanks, Phil. And Bacanari, he's a pretty hopeless kick from a set shot. This could go anywhere, but 15 yards out, he should put it through. He lines up, yes, no mistake about it, right through the high diddle. OK, the Hawks looking very good. We'll, we'll take a, a, a more sedate comment from our bourgeois friends up in the members. Chris? 
Jeff, we cannot understand what that bloke without the hair and the headband is doing out on the field. It is the worst appearance of a player in a grand final I've seen since Paddy Ganane appeared. Out of ten for grooming? Minus seven. <laughs> OK. Special comments now from Greg Champion. Tony Thornton. <laughs> Tony Thornton, well, he drums in your band, Chance, but that doesn't mean you're sniffing anything at the moment. We're just, we're just having a good time. Bounce favours Justin Madden. Unfortunately, the, they're a little bit rattled at the moment. The Blues is Russell Green really on his game at the moment. Kicks in the Dorotich Brereton direction. Dorotich falls at the vital stage. Good play, Dorotich. Knocks it towards Peter Dean. And I'll just about pay that for holding the man. Tony, I've been down the rooms. Wayne Blackwell did cop one in the family too. Okay. Peter Dean will relieve the pressure. Not unfortunately for Wayne Blackwell, though. He kicks it out to the centre wing position as Langford knocks the ball through. The running flattens. And isn't that a battle of the hairstyles there? Johnny Platten and Tom Alvin. Fair dinkum, their barber wouldn't get a holiday out of their haircut, so they'd get about one a year, I'd reckon. Hawthorne opening up a 17-point break in this vital first quarter as Madden takes the ball out of the ruck. Alvin tries to get a kick away, knocks successful. He gets a quick handball out to Dippier a minute ago. Ooh, Alvin put a Hawthorne player down there. The handball comes out to Ayers in the meantime, who drives into the goal square. Buckenara and Motley racing for the ball, but it'll beat them all over the line, I feel. Jerry Buckenara cops an elbow in the head from Motley. The umpire comes in, but we're waiting on the decision. It was out of bounds, Trent. Out of bounds. Oh, I thought he might have paid a free kick to Bacchanara. Well, you can't get a free kick when the player will look how far out of bounds. Well, oh, I'll, he didn't even hit him either. I'll check with the Duncan Wright committee on that one. Nothing in it? No, only a minus one on that, Jeff. I think it would have been a much bigger job on it. <laughs> OK. Back to the game. Thanks, Tony. Justin Madden relieving the pressure, and there's a lot of pressure for Carl at the moment. Nice kick finds Kernahan. Can't take the mark. On the bottom of the pack is Schwab. There's stacks on the mill. Reese Jones being quiet. Well, well balked though. Reese Jones sets up the running Tommy Albert, and they're starting to look good. And first touch to Kenny Hunter. Oh, oh, great tackle! He got the head. Great decision, holding the ball, and what a great tackle then from Chris Mew. I think they call that a hospital Three Carlton players there having their first touch. I think uh, Hunter getting the ball to Johnson, who was grabbed. Absolutely. Well, Carlton, Carlton looking like an awful fight. lot of trouble to me. Anyway, Chris Mew taking up the 15-metre penalty. Tony. He certainly does, and he goes towards centre-half forward in that fabulous Brereton Dorotich direction. What a battle they're having. Well done, Dermot, and it's well kept in, well trapped in. That's the football expression. It's about 80 yards out from directly in front of the Hawthorne goal. They're in attack. They lead 26 on 9 on the fabulous Loaded Dog Hotel scoreboard. And Carlton would want to do something. They're struggling. Are Carlton paying the penalty for playing injured players? We'll find out. As the ball comes to the full forward region, Buckenara going through, the ball comes out in the direction of Green. He's trying to pick the ball up. Motley got into his back a bit there. No one getting a decisive play then there. And the umpire will ball it up. And I thought you got a little bit sunshine then, Trevor, when there Just was the basically middle. no action whatsoever. Yes, don't make it exciting when it's not exciting. I'll do that. That's my <laughs> job. I'll make this one exciting. Peter Cameron bounces down. And we're about to approach time on in a couple of minutes' time, but it's time on's just not quite ready for us yet, Trev. As the ball comes out to the halfback flank for Carlton, Motley in front. 
Oh, not paid the mark there. Loveridge pressing him. Dippy Domenico starring in this first quarter. Takes a couple of bounces. Look at the Brownlow medalist go as he shoots the ball in towards goal. But Thule taps it through for a bit. Okay, we've had a look at both coaches. Now, uh, Julian, could I have special comments from you? How do you think they looked? Yes, well, Alan Jeans looks definitely worried, but Robert Walls looks like a B-52 pilot with okay. those passes. Okay, Tony. It's Des English relieving, and it goes on towards the member side wing. It looks like it'll go out of bounds, and it does. About 22, 23 minutes into the first quarter. 4 4 28 Hawthorne, one three nine Carlton. Right on, just a little bit of trivia for those that aren't watching the tally, that Carlton won by 28 points. Last time. Good knockout, Justin Madden unfortunately finds Terry Wallace. He looks towards Buccaneer. Dorothy, a case of the fumbles there. Still holding on to Brereton. Does a gorgeous George and got away with it too. Oh, Charity well, Freedom. Oh, Carlton, for the fifth well, look in a lot of trouble to me. Hawthorne seem to be able to pressure them from one end of the ground to the other. They don't know what they're doing. Well, Peter Moffey's certainly quite up to his ear before the game. And the it's ball's in the square at the moment. It's Tony. Doolan Dunstall, the great evergreen Jason Dunstall chases <laughs> the ball out. Unfortunately, it's the young Bruce still clearing for Carlton. Here the ball's running free in no man's land in the centre. Craig Bradley being very quiet. Good play, Abbott. Very good play, Abbott. Goes to Terry Walt. He'll find someone in no. the crowd. There he is. <laughs> Just got it there. <laughs> Okay, what's the atmosphere up in the members? They'd all be supporting Carlton. Are they getting a bit down in the dumps, Chris? No, well, there's actually quite a bit of share trading going on up here, Jeff. They've picked up on the latest New York market, so they're quite happy, not worrying about the game. Just okay. making money. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. We'll pick up play again now, Trevor. And Motley in the van once again takes the mark, and he'll look to send Carlton further up the ground. He gets the ball towards the centre. Tuck and Meldrum having a good duel, but Kernahan. Comes from behind and takes a good mark. Waste no time. Gets the handball on the Reese Jones, who kicks in towards centre half forward. But there in the way is Schwab, who takes a strong mark at centre half back. He's play, waste no time. Play on. Takes a bounce. Kicks the ball downfield over the centre towards centre half forward. But to no one in particular. And it's Dean coming out to take the mark in front of Curran. Reese Jones putting the elbow in there. Somebody tap Reese Jones. But the umpire calling Dean back over the mark. A very rare occurrence in football today. What is the umpire doing? Dean sets himself now. He boosts the ball over the over the wing. They set themselves. Kernahan in front again. Can't take the mark. Loveridge is there. Tuck gets a quick left foot kick out towards the wing position. Bacanara grabs the ball. He's tackled by Harms. Johnson comes through. But Schwab kicks the ball off the ground towards the 50-metre line on Hawthorne's forward line. Dorothy takes the ball on the left foot. And he hits the boundary line. OK, after that ball's gone over the boundary, I'll have to cross back down to the Duncan Wright committee. Carlton looking an awful lot of trouble to me. What, what do you think? Yeah, a lot of trouble. I'm having a bit of trouble seeing the game. This idiot behind me keeps flapping that Hawthorne jumper over my head, and if he doesn't stop, I tell you what, there will be a bit of blood spilled here. Okay, Tony. But no doubt the blood will be spilled still when he's a bloke's not looking. That's your caper. Ball goes out of bounds, 55 yards out from the Hawthorne goal. Members side with the Hawks in attack. Curran will do battle, battle with Justin Madden. Madden as expected wins. Gives the ball to Motley, giving his utmost. But I think we're going to say, uh, come back. Peter Cameron wants to have another look at the ball. OK, Tony, I want to take some more special comments now. Uh, Peter Enders be up in the members. Uh, how do you see the game at this stage? Uh, Geoffrey, it's um, very difficult being a South Australian here because uh, we really want to see our boys do well here at the big game. And, and they're not uh, doing all that well. Well, Motley, I think, is putting in a pretty good exhibition so far. I'm quite happy with the boy up to now. Oh, well, I wouldn't be if I was his coach, Tony. Free kick in the back to Reese Jones. Airs on the mark, and what a great job 
Ayres is doing at the moment. The big calculated risk has been taken by Alan Jones. Playing Ayres up the field. Oh, Sellers, uh, Sellers McLewis just jumps straight into the back of his Hawthorne opponent. And it's on that blue turf. And isn't nature a marvellous thing now? Like, I can only grow green grass in the backyard. But just for some... It's going international today. God's created some blue and white it grass. It looks like they're on a trampoline up close. It, it certainly does. And the ball's bounced rather nicely, just like he bounced it on a trampoline. Abbott kicks high. Good play, good play, Dipper Dominico. Real good play, Dipper Dominico. That's even better play as the running airs goes towards Dunstall and Duel. Who we got there? In the middle of Pacanara. If the ball bounces up, if the ball bounces up. Maradona! Tony, Greg, Trevor, I would think that's the fourth time so far in the game Hawthorne have kicked the ball off the ground, and every time it's been to advantage. Twice it's been as good as a kick downfield, and that time it would have to be the goal of a match so far. Duncan Rightboys, any comment on the kicking off the ground? I'm going home shortly. I'm barracking for Carlton. We're not doing too flash. <laughs> Tony? Yeah, well, it does appear just at the moment that Hawthorne holds the wood, and I think the main reason is they're getting no drive out of the middle since Blackwell's gone off. Bradley appears to be being well tagged by E. Good punch again from... Oh, now here's a chance coming up. Johnson falls over at the crucial moment. Gets tackled. Well done, Chris Langford. Kicks the ball out. Platten. Gutsy mark, Johnny Platten. As I was about to say, I think Eads doing a pretty effective job on Bradley in the middle. And here he goes again. By Jingos. He's knocked up getting kicked this corner. Gary Ayres goes long in the direction of Brereton. Dorotich is there as well. Curran meets Motley. Motley gets the ball. Will he handball to Dean? On the second thought, he will. Justin, bend over. He can't. Dear, bend over. He can't. Justin didn't have to bend over because the ball came back. And the ball goes on towards the wing on the member side. Russo there with Tuck. Good, good knock away. Well done, Terry Walls. They've got plenty of numbers everywhere. Gary Ayres gives the ball back then to Peter Russo. Carlton have the numbers here, but Brereton gets the high. Nothing Gets the handball across the weeds. Who drives into centre forward. Brereton up high once again, but once again doesn't take the mark. The handball comes through to Des English, who's looking for Bradley. That's one of his first touches. He goes for a bounce. Kicks the ball. Long for Carlton. In towards goal, but no offline and out of bounds for a throw in beside the point post. Tony, it seems to be all solo efforts by the Carlton players, and Hawthorne seem to have numbers everywhere the ball is. Yeah, Hawthorne just at the minute teaming a little bit better as it's about 26 minutes into the quarter. And champs, what do you got to say? The tackling, Loveridge's tackling, super. Carlton will have to do something quick. Yeah, perhaps a few many bowls of rigatoni have been eaten by the Carlton players during the week. Kernahan does battle with Langford, who's doing a surprisingly good job in the ruck. Wallace kicks the ball down, stacks on the mill once again. Don't, don't, don't pay in the back arm, don't pay. He didn't, he didn't as Peter Cameron. I thought he might fall for that one there. As it's happened a, you know, a few times during the year, it's about 20 yards out in front of the Carlton goal. 5-4, 34, Hawthorne, 139 Carlton. It's the loaded dog 
hotel in North Fitzroy, the pub where you can get as much beer as you can possibly. Oh, Wayne Johnson, Johnson great snap. over the shoulder. The ball's still in play. Knock it out, Hawks. They do. Glasgow can't get the ball. Well done, Loveridge. Once again, though, it's solo efforts from oh, Carlton Oh, oh, charity free kick's been paid here. You reckon Loveridge got into Glasgow's back after the ball across the line, and Glasgow will line up from a very acute angle on the forward pocket. Nothing in that incident. Absolutely An no. absolute charity freak at the umpire. Obviously seeing this game slipping away from Carl, trying to even up a bit here as Glasgow coming in from the boundary line. Look. Oh, oh it's a, one and point. He's one point. Through for one point. And only a point to Carlton. Disappointing the result. They'll need to do better than that, Greg Champion. Bradley's one of the big differences. He needs to get some touches there. Got to get some drive out of the centre. He's not the only one either. Every time they get the ball, they're swarmed by Hawthorne jumpers, the Carlton players. Tony Leonard. And I reckon when Chris Muir gives up football, he can get a job as a used car salesman looking like that. Beautiful kick onto the member side. And that's just typical. They're harassing Carlton as soon as they can get the ball. Well done, Chris Langford. I thought Carlton already were harassed a while. A couple of prisons back. 27 and a half minutes, 28 minutes into the first quarter. The first stander is almost over in the 1986 Grand Final. Looking for some inspiration from Reese Jones. Great handball to McClure. Looking in the direction of Mew. Finds him, unfortunately, for Carlton. Unfortunately, he goes Bernie Evans. Bernie, can he shoot it round? He does, but unfortunately, Loveridge playing a loose man. Oh, a bit of butter on the fingers there as it slips through. Carlton desperately need a goal in time on before the siren goes in. Chris Muir is looking very poised and he's grown his moustache quite a bit. Oh, I think he's uh, got a bit of an advantage on pace playing on Hunter at the moment. He doesn't look to be moving too freely at all. 5-4-34 Hawthorne, 1-5-11 Carlton. Almost the first quarter gone in the 1986 grand final being brought to you by the Loaded Dog. Great kick out by Loveridge. Fine Schwab. He's running in front of all those members and how they love the Hawthorne side. He goes towards uh, Current and well shepherd by Current. Arms, he needs some inspiration, unfortunately runs over the ball, bounces the ball, he goes towards goal, don't tell me he's kicked it, he hasn't kicked it, it's one point, it's still one point. But what an unbelievable passage of play, Loveridge took forever to kick it off, still found a man on his own and they nearly got a goal without a single Carlton player touching the ball, which is symptomatic of it, and here they're going for the pathetic short pass, there's nowhere else to go, Tony. Alvin, the running Alvin on the outer side, looking towards Motley and Dipper, good mark Motley, but I think Dipper will give away 15 and just... And just try to hold it up. Doesn't give away 15, but holds it up so his men can get up the ground. Motley was not able to move Dibber. When Trevor. He... Yeah, he actually did play the 15 there eventually as Motley gets his kick in. It grabs on Hunter. He doesn't know what to do. He drops the ball, grabs hold of by Wallace, and Wallace gets the free kick. Oh, he's looking sadly out of touch, Hunter. Wallace drives the ball for Hawthorne up to the wing. Curran's in front, and he takes a strong mark in front of Dean and cops one for his corner in the face. He looks so Buckingham looking for the handball. Karen looking upfield. Drive Hawthorne further into attack. Up towards centre half forward. Brereton in front again. And takes a strong mark. Doritich, you can't play from behind against this bloke. Reese Jones is in there with the arms up, but that you've got to do more than that, son. As Brereton finds Dunstall, who's led out in front of the ageing Bruce Thor. And Dunstall, 50 metres out from the Hawthorne goal, will line up Tony Leonard. And I'll tell you something, too. If he was having, he looks like he'd enjoy a 4 and, a four and 20 or a Herbert Adams, young Jason. <laughs> While he lines this one up, I might just cross back up the members. Chris, are you there? Yeah, Disgusted up here, Jeff. Why are we paying, paying all these Carlton players millions of dollars to perform like that? Oh, fucking hour! Oh, 
And while they're performing like dogs, Bacchanara is performing like a god or a, or a near god with that amazing bit of play, Tony. I, I think he was a bit overconfident after that incredible Maradona goal before. That was yeah. a bit out of the realms, I think. It's almost the first quarter. We're going in towards the 31st minute. Wayne Harms goes long straight up the middle looking in the direction oh. and finds Terry Wallace. That is shocking. That's 5-6-36 to 1-5-11. Within trouble, Bacchanara well thumped away. Now come on, Wayne, set it up. He does. And here he goes to running. Bernie Evans needs some inspiration, Carl. He goes long in towards the running Tommy Elvis. Everyone's running, which they haven't done before. Looks towards Mark McClure. Well etched out, Mark McClure. Rowan Robinson on the left foot. Go long, son. Kicks it towards Kenny Hubbard. No research. It's but the first quarter. 5-6-30-6-4-4. Tommy Alvin's a beauty, Greggy. Quite good. Jimmy Jess is Jimmy Jess, but Dermot Brereton is a hood. Now Dermot Brereton is a hood. Dermot Brereton is a hood. He had an ugly childhood, and he'll never be any good. I wouldn't try to tell yous if I didn't think I should. He's your classic Aussie knucklehead. Dermot Brereton is a hood. Now some men catch the umpy's eyes, some just do their jobs. Some are trim and fit, and some are slobs. Some are quite intelligent, some misunderstood. Some are well brought up, but Dermot Brereton is a hood. Now Dermot Brereton is a hood. Dermot Brereton is a hood. A bloke that comes from Frankston could never be. Anyone who knew him would know he never could. In plain old Aussie English, Dermot Brereton is a hood. You are listening to the Cotabin Champions Grand Final Broadcast on CRRFM. Brought to you by the Lotter Dog Pub Brewery, C24, St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. Rules of fun, airs, and sounds. Well, Chris, Helen, I want to cross to the next of your interviews that you, you did down at the ground during the day. Who are you talking to here? Kangaroo Bob. Kangaroo Bob. No, it's definitely Kangaroo Bob. It's the man who's come out, in fact, from Disneyland, especially for this grand final. Is that one of those animals that Olivia was talking to? One, one of the ones that she was, no, she was talking to us, Jeff. These are the furry animals. Okay. These, in fact, are the mascots, Jeff. For the first time, they're out there this year. We'll hear from them. John, how did you come to choose the character that you're going to be? Well, I arrived at uh, the member office in Collins Street, and uh, being the first one there, they said, you know, what character? character would you like to play and I said well give it the kangaroo if there's one mainly because I drank for North Melbourne so I chose the kangaroo. How long have they been doing this having, having different characters? Uh, this is the first year as far as I know I would say it is the first year because the costumes were made uh, specifically for the day 1986 grand final day. And what sort of training do you actually have to do to be a VFL mascot? Well not a great deal of training I had a lot of training in the early years with uh, Disney on Parades, Flintstones uh, and Sesame Street Live, they were shows that toured Australia, Asia and the United States. So I was contacted by Perry's agency and uh, 
Do you think this is in the same league as Disney on Parade? Oh, no. Nowhere near it. I mean, it's a great day, but it's nowhere near the Disney on Parade, the Flintstone game. And when you come to the football normally, um, do you come dressed in a kangaroo suit? <laughs> no. No, I come dressed in a windsheeter and jeans, just, just like any other fan. So is it a big thrill to be able to get out on the ground dressed as the symbol of North Melbourne? Yes, particularly on grand final day, it is a big thrill. But uh, unfortunately, North Melbourne's not in the grand final this year. So, oh, well, I suppose I'm the next best thing. Do they actually get you to come along for a number of nights for training? No. So there's not a particular dance routine that they teach you? No, no, there's no particular dance routine for the day, but uh, get out there and do your best, that's the motto. Bob, what's your opinion about North Melbourne's decision to sell shares to the public? I think it's better than going interstate. Yes, yeah, much better. No, I'm, I'm in agreement. I've bought shares, so I'm happy. And do you have to actually hop to be a kangaroo, or can you run? No, well, the boots that we've got are a size 16. Believe it, it's a size 16. So we're just going to have to run the best we can and move the best we can. Maybe I'll have a hop, hop or two here and there, but I doubt it. Well, good luck with your hopping. Fine, thanks very much. That was Kangaroo Bob, who I think is probably down in the bowels of the MCG taking his kangaroo suit off at this stage. Who else did you talk to? Who arranged this entire extravaganza for, as I said before, $100,000 went into the pre-show that we didn't see much of on the television. So we had a chat to him about how he did it all, and uh, he definitely thought it wasn't the same as Moomba. Well, well, we'll have a bit more of that stuff later on in the day, and also we'll be, we'll be talking to a great grand final player, Neil Baum, at, ha at half-time. But just before the ball bounces, I want to cross round all our specialist commentators just to assess how the game's gone so far. Up in the members, Chris? Well, Jeff, the Sydney supporters down here are really wondering what's going on out in the ground. You've got 36 players and you've only got two colour schemes. I mean, you need a bit of colour and action to get people into a game, not people running around in these drab blue and white and grey and brown. What a few more kangaroo bobs. Oh, just some oranges and pinks and yellows, the sort of things you see in the New South Wales Parliament. And perhaps a bit of tasteful grey. OK, thanks, Chris. Look, I'll cross down now just for a few quick words from Bay 13. Julian? Yes, the thing I want to uh, have a look at is Gary Buccanara's neon boots. Oh, we'll, we'll get a close look at oh. in a minute. Tony, the ball's about to be bounced. Blackwell back on. Yes, big big move, Blackwell back on. Peter Cameron bounces the ball. And once again, Justin Madden hits the ball out. Let's see if the Blues can do something. Bernie Evan kicks towards Michael Tuck, well knocked away by Hawthorne. Gary is best man on the ground, kicks the ball to Tuck, he's a skipper, and the skipper goes through the middle without any apparent pressure from Carlton. Goes towards Dunstall and he's got him again, and I think Brucey Newell's got his hands full just at the moment. Dunstall sees a leak there. I don't think it's going to carry to current. It doesn't, and Wayne Blackwell's back on the ground. Will relieve the pressure for Carlton. He handballs towards the running mode. Glasgow on the members' wing. Has to double back. There's nowhere to go. He finds Desi English. Desi English very coolly picks out Wayne Arm. But boys, you've only travelled about 15 yards. It's still Hawthorne in attack. If the ball goes towards the centre, Alvin mucks it up. Don't pay it up. Whoa. He doesn't. They run into each other and now Hawthorne's got the ball. Dropping the ball on time. Must pay it towards Carlton. And Wayne Johnson in the middle of the ground will put the Blues into attack and boy, do they need a goal. Half a minute in in the second quarter, 36 plays, 11 on the uh, loaded box scoreboard. Hawthorne knocked the ball away well and running towards the boundary line is Peter Russo. Half forward plate with the Blues in attack. Hunter hasn't had a touch and uh, it's Russ
Anyway, it's uh, oh, that's an oldie from the past. That's a little chestnut. They're running into dead ends everywhere, Carlton. Everywhere they go. Okay, Hunter on the bottom of the tack, and I think it'll be ball up again. 65 yards out, members side with Carlton in attack. Half forward flank, 5-6-36 Hawthorne, 1-5-11 Carlton. The loaded dog Pub Brewery in North Fitzroy bringing you all the action from the three triple R simulcast. Kernahan can't get the knocked out. Knocked out well by Terry Wallace. Who can pick it up? It's still stacks. Oh, it's more than stacks on the mill. It was more stack on the mill than Trevor. It was only one or two there. Yes, so that they give it back to the white mongrel who ball it up once again. He slaps it into the turf. Kernahan gets the tap out, but straight to that Burwood United boy, Schwabby, who puts it out on the floor. The free kick will go to Desi English, having a field day on the half-back flank there. Desi kicks the ball, long kick for Des, up towards the 50-metre line for Carlton. Kernahan comes out, he's grabbed by Schwab, gets the handball to Johnson, but nowhere to go. Has the ball held to him by Greg Deer, and back to that white mongrel again, Tony. Peter Cameron, two minutes into the second quarter. Hawthorne holding a rather handy 25-point lead. First knock to Deer for the day, I'd say. Gets it in the direction of the best man, Gary Ayres. The ball's running towards the boundary. Tuck, uh, not Tuck, uh, Alvin and Dipper. Into Dipper's into back. Dipper's and I'll back tell you something, I reckon that might have hurt a little oh. bit. <laughs> and Justin Madden using Dipper's head to help him get help himself up there after getting all the over his oh. back. Has the umpire paid the free there, Tony? No, no, no free. Ball, ball in. in. And like two great big sumo bears, the... Uh, the Ruckman bugger it up so no one gets it goes straight to the Hawthorne player and it's probably just centre side of or just check side of the centre with Hawthorne slightly in attack on the member side what is a sumo bit Tony? Uh, right, You're mixing your metaphors here, mate. Thanks very much. Peter Russo drives towards the Hawks into attack, and it's about 35 yards around and starting to look dangerous. Hawthorne in attack, halfway between half forward flank and forward pocket. Pretty unattractive passage of play here. The ball's been bottled up on this member's side for the last couple of minutes as we wait for the throwing. Curran and Madden. Madden from behind gets the fist onto it, gets it to Motley, gets a handball to no one in particular. They go through. Loveridge has got the chance to pick it up, but it beats him over the line once again for another throw in play slowing right down here Greg Champion talk to each other a bit more yeah let each other have a bit of a kick well maybe Hawthorne's system starting to break down a little bit too maybe we can see Carlton claw their way back into it now but still it's it's Glasgow there on the bottom of the pile I think it was Glasgow there and the umpire calls for another ball up and uh, 5 6 Thanks, Coach. 5 11. Thanks, uh, Coach Champion. It's about five minutes in. All the action of the Triple R simulcast being brought to you by the loaded dog. Peter Russo kicks towards the ball. The running Russell Green. He has a kick. Can Bruce Bill get there? Dunstall beats him. And it's a miracle! It's a miracle! It's a Okay, we'll take some special comments now down in Bay 13. Julian, Phil, are you there? Yes, Jeff, I must have missed something because I just took a trip down to the toilet and uh, this old bloke was standing next to me and all he could say was dirty, isn't it? So I don't know whether he's talking about the game or what. Okay, oh, I'll check up in the members. How's the action up there? Well, it's a little bit hard to know who to barrack for here, uh, Jeff. Uh, Platten with Hawthorne and the uh, other South Australians with Carlton, but uh, seems to be a bit of a nerves case for me out there at the moment. And the crowds, the, the thing that's fascinating me, they love their football over here in Melbourne. 
Do they love their Carlton, though? Chris, have, you, have all the uh, tops given up on Carlton? Oh, the share trading's a bit quiet, Jeff, but they're just going to make a late rush at the end of the game. I think they've got the umpire bribed or something. You can't have the working class winning in this sort of contest. Watch out for <laughs> Kernahan. OK, we'll come back to the main com box now. Greg? Yeah, I reckon it's a mark that he's going to pay to Kenny Hunter there. Oh, no, it's around the neck to uh, Bernie Evans. They're throwing Bernie Evans into the centre here. They're trying to get a bit of life happening in the centre of the ground. He sees the lead from the running Ken Hunter, but well knocked on in this Hawthorne defence, standing like, like six rocks of Gibraltar, even though there's only the one. Langford finds current on half-back flank, member side, and the handballs of the Hawks keep going. Terry Wallace handballs in towards... Uh, let's have a look at it. It's Rocket Rodney Hughes. He goes towards Brereton. Brereton, another handball back to Lee. And they're really running well. Goes in boards to Lee. In boards, boards, boards. Bacanara. Oh, he'll just about kick this, I reckon. Bacanara goes on. It's a goal. Castle Brown Owl now from the Loaded Dog. We have the Newcastle Brown 4.5% alcohol. Good drop. Not quite as good as the Cronbacher, Tony. And don't forget, if you want to go on a pub crawl, all you need to do is go to the Loaded Dog. They've got about six or 700 varieties that they make of their own and you can get a can of Foster's there as well. Justin Madden gets the palm out again, but Terry Wallace sharking once again, and Buccanara, the danger man, goes towards Otley Press now. It appears that there's a change, because Peter Dean on, on in there. Good handball back towards Curran. Hotly pressed by Carlton. Now let's just see, the ball has been declared out of bounds on the fall. Tony, hotly pressed, That means... Uh, on his hammer. On his hammer. OK, Trevor. All right, the ball. Oh, no. Hawthorne's half forward flank. Dippy it a minute ago. Gets the handball out to Bacanara. Didn't have it when he was grabbed by Alvin. And the umpire comes in and pays the free kick to Bacanara. Okay, perhaps the, the free kick situation seems to be going Hawthorne's way. Maybe it's because they're in front. Well, I'll check with the boys down in Bay 13. What, what's your verdict on the free kicks? Oh, I think there's too many being given to Hawthorne. What, but surely if they're in front, they should be getting them. Phil? Yeah, but if you're in front, you deserve to get a whack in the mouth, Jeff, I reckon. So you shouldn't be paid a free kick for it. OK, back to the main com box, Tony. And I reckon you've been in front of your time too, Phil. Anyway, the running Dorotich. Oh, cross! Uh, Russell Green, right on the head too. And, uh, uh, he's just told him a funny joke. That's what's happening. He's laughing his head off at the moment. He's got the ball. He'll kick the ball right into the square. Here we've got Dunstall and we've got uh, Bruce Dill. If it bounces again, look, there's in shocking trouble. And well done, Bruce Dill. Well, br well, well done, or panic station. Bruce Dill quite clearly ran it across the line there. Wasn't prepared to kick the ball in play. Trevor. Oh, geez, the English didn't look as though he wanted that ball at all then. As Dill kicks out for Carl towards Justin Madden. But Death spoils the ball, gets across to Eve. He has the kick smothered, but follows up again. In front there is Ayers once again on the half-forward line for Hawthorne. Bradley gets the kick in, hotly pressed by Curran. Up towards Blackwell, can't take the mark. Milgram comes through, tackled by Tuck. McClure, he gets one of his rare touches as he kicks the ball in towards centre-half-forward. The goal umpire has a good look at it. It bounces, but only one point. Only one point to Carlton. Tony. 7-7-49-1-6-12. Hawthorne lead by a very handsome 37 points. The loaded dog in North Fitzroy bringing you all the action. And he's the man of the moment just at the moment. Because he's got the ball at the moment, and that's Gary Ayres. He's all over the ground, Tony. He is uh, on the... Yeah. 
And uh, Peter Dean knocks the ball down. McClure trying to lift his side. Goes towards Kenny Hunter and Chris Mew. Well done, Mew. Well done, Flatcott. And here's the answer coming up for Carlton. Six points. There it is. Well done uh, by uh, Mark McClure. Two, six, eighteen. To 7-7-49. And that's on the loaded dog scoreboard, but that's still five goals all Thorns way. The, the goals are very few and far between for Carlton. Now, Greg, you were down at Carlton this morning. The mood was, was pretty good while you were there. Well, they were right into it, and uh, they'll, be, they'll be crying now because they're gone, Carlton. See you later. Hawks forever. Were they confident this morning when you were there? Oh, I didn't ask them. I was too disappointed. Do you think they might have been, been overconfident? Uh, yeah, that could be the problem. The ball's bounced now. Trevor. In the true showbiz tradition there, Greg. The bounce comes. Steer gets the tap over the head. Kernahan comes out. Langford tackling him. But it comes back. Hawthorne, quick kick out of the pack. Looking down towards Curran. Beats him. Dorothy gets to the ball first. Gets a short kick in towards Reese jones Handball. Through Great hand pass, Reese jones Constructive handball. As Dean looking for Meldrum. Tucks there with him. New behind the pack. Takes the crumbs and kicks towards Loverick. He's underneath it. Oh, Reese Jones puts the forearm into the head, and the I think the umpire is going to pay a free kick there. Oh, Reese Jones remonstrating there, but no doubt about it, Reese. Get your mind on the football, son. Oh, I think that's worth comments from down at Bay 13. Oh, he's got a big eight out of ten for that one, Shifty Root. <laughs> Back, Tony, back in the main combo. Here he is again, Gary Buckanara, 55 metres out. And I'll tell you something, he could go back and just about roost this, I reckon, Buckanara. 49, 2-6-18, about 13 minutes into the quarter. Tony, I think it's indicative the way the Carlton playing. Peter Dean could have marked that, and he chose to punch it away. Trevor. And the throw-in comes, a quick kick by Wallace out of the pack with the left foot, but just offline, I feel. And one point to Hawthorne, and Hawthorne going further and further ahead. Seven OK, we'll just take some quick comments again down from Bay 13. Now, I think, Jeffrey, that really proves you are a could-have-been champion, because as you know, and the great when behind, what do you do, Jeff? He was the only person who touched the ball, Phil. Yes, but you must punch. <laughs> OK, back to Tony in the main combox. No need to come back to me, Jeff, because the ball's out of bounds. <laughs> well, we'll continue that <laughs> argument. The point I'm making, Phil, is that Carlton are playing very defensive and they've got they've got goals to kick, not out of bounds to punch. I think they're in a state of dramatic panic, a bit like Coburg in the 86 BMA <laughs> Grand Final. Back to the main com box, Tony. Last got over his head, the ball on the members' wing, trying to put Carlton into attack. Platten uh, gets a, well, not even a handball. I don't put it down stats boards because Bernie Evans is right in the middle on the wing. Yeah, Carlton have done a lot of knocking out of bounds. If they'd all been goals, they'd be in it. Trevor, back in the main game. All right, the throw in again. Schwab gets the left handball out towards Green. He's pressed by Harms. Foxing for the free kick, but gets out with the handball. Flick handball across the weed. He gets the ball moving across to Russo. Russo will turn. He's looking to swing onto the right foot. He's looking for Brereton. Too far for him, and Doritich comes out and takes the strong mark from behind. Brereton, uh, Brereton not too keen to let go of him. Brereton, Brereton. Brereton. He's Doritich. Carlton needs someone to go in and kick a few heads at the moment. See anyway, they're going to get up. Oh, <laughs> Johnson, almost. Try, but not quite. Oh, he got it away well anyway. Tony. He certainly got it away well, but not much is happening just at the moment. Tommy Alvin gets the ball out. Now, let's see what Carlton can do. Hunter leads Mew in the race. Cruel bounce, though, for both players. Langford knock it out. Gives Bradley a whack across the mush. Kenny Hunter, here's his chance to get into the game on the 50-metre line. He goes long, but Tucky's got the ball. <laughs> oh, casual as you like in the last And what a mongrel Tucky was buggering up Carlton's best bit of play for the day. But now, if, if Michael Tucker had been in a Carlton player's position, he would have punched that through the goals for a point as he kicks it back into play. Trevor. <laughs> right, the kick from Tuck finds Bruce Jones, takes it in, he lines up the goal. 
and it, the golem fly having a close look at it, and it's straight through the middle. You are listening to the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final Broadcast on 3RRFM. Brought to you by the Loaded Dog Club Brewery. 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brews of fine ales and stouts. I thought Rhys Jones had had a character reversal in the second semi when he played that exemplary game of football, but he's back to his bonnet ways today. But he's playing pretty well for Carlton. He's one of their few good ones, Tony. He's put in from early in the game. And Carlton just, I think, starting to come back in a little bit. 7-8-50. Hawthorne leading Carlton, 3-6-24. Ball goes up. Good knock by Deer. Deer knocks the ball. The running Wallace. Great gutsy play, Terry Wallace. That's the stuff men are made of. Platten isn't, though, having long hair like that. That's the stuff girls are made of. But at least he gets the free kick anyway. About 60 yards out. And that's the stuff that men are made of. Looking like Dorotich. <laughs> but men will be men and boys will be boys. Platten looking towards Brereton. Great, great pass. Now, I'll tell you what he did then. He looked towards the centre, kicked it off the side of his boot, and that's exactly where Brereton led to. And I'll tell you something. The crowd, I reckon Brereton will dob this from the boundary line as well. Copybook chess mark too. Wrapped his big statement the there, Tony. Yeah, real big statement. Good mark, Peter Motley. On the last line of defence. As safe as the bank. The OK, new... what's he going to do with this? Trevor Marmite. Uh, I think he will. I think he's going to kick to a big pack of players and nothing will happen. That's what I think will happen if Carlton, if there's anything to go by. But Motley <laughs> kicks the ball. Uh, but wrong, I was wrong again. Kicks it straight to Langford, who takes the strong mark, and he'll kick Hawthorne into the teeth of goal. Langford looking for the lead made by Dunstall. Reese Jones is in front. Dunstall still gets the punch away. Comes across to Tommy Alvin. Blackwell's there too. He takes the ball. Grabbed by Ayres. Dippieta Manico jumps onto it like a seagull to a piece of fat. And he kicks in towards goal. But it's off target. And it'll be a throw in by, beside the point post for Hawthorne. I'll tell you something. If Hawthorne want to stem this avalanche of goal by Carlton, they're going to have to score from here. 7 8 50, 3 6 24, 26 points in the ascendancy. Hawthorne on the loaded dog scoreboard. Good knock, Justin Madden. Straight to Peter Dean. Good play, Peter Dean. And let's see how the running not Sam Groper. Crow Eater can set it up. He sets it up to the running Rhys Jones. Carlton's in the direction of Meldrum. The ball's in no man's land. Peter Russo leads Bernie Evans in the race for the ball and he'll repel the attack. Well done, Gary Ayres. Knocks the ball to Wallace who's having a field day at the moment. Wallace kicks the ball up to absolutely no one because Dorotich falls over. Van Ingerman slippery out there, boys. Well done, Peter D. Good effort, Peter Curran. Dived on the ball, put his body in when it really counted. There's the difference. The Carlton players would have been content to see that one go over the line. You've got to hand it to Reese Jones. He cops it as well as dishes it out and Peter Motley is in everything and he is trying well for Carl. And uh, if anyone knows what won the fourth race in Sydney could they please ring the studio. Into the second quarter as the ball goes out of bounds half forward flank with the Hawks in attack on the outer side. Trevor Marmalade. Alright the throw in once again that seems to be all we've seen this quarter throw ins and more throw ins. It'll be Curran and Madden. Curran's got the front berth gets the tap out. Blackwell spins out of the pack grabbed by Ayres and more on tidy football. Brereton tries to get a handball out. Comes to Motley. It's near the boundary line and it'll go over once again. Courtesy of Platten there. <laughs> and to think that uh, Carlton almost got Johnny Platten too. They would have got the whole four quality players from Adelaide. It would have been sickening. Well there's well, not I... much quality being seen there at the moment as the ball comes in now, Tony. It's certain that Madden knocks the ball straight into the arms of Ede. Ede puts the big bomb just like they do in Rugby Union. Jason Dunstall, good effort. Good tackle, Dunstall. Well done, Johnny Platt. Good handle. Buccaneer after a one. Goal! OK. Oh.
we'll cross down to the Duncan Rock Committee. What a, what a passage of play. Dunstall spoiled for the mark, but still managed to scrag, which, which caused the goal in the finish. Phil? Yes, it was a beautiful goal, Jeff. Beautiful goal. Phil? Um, in a lot of trouble, Geoffrey Carlton. I think that was a very bad error. Very and also, bad. Hawthorne's desperation level, I just don't seem to be able to match it. Yes, they're very good. Too big and strong and sort of running like men possessed, like Tony Leonard style, barging through the pack. They stuff. look like they want to win the game. I'm going to try and cross back up to the members. Are you there? Yeah, we are. Oh, Chris is there. Okay, yep. It's a bit of a toss-up what looks worse, Gary Bacanara's boots or Bruce Dill's haircut. And play's underway. It's back now with Trevor Marmalade. All right, the ball's loose. Brereton comes through, tries to hit Reese Jones with an elbow. Carlton player collects the, his own man Evans there. Ball comes to Deer. He's trying to get the free kick. I think the umpire will fall for that one. Pays holding the man to Greg Deer. <laughs> he Greg said, Deer. well called, Trev. Greg Take Deer. A... Swings under the left boot. Driving Hawthorne into attack again. Platten's in front. Almost held it. Harms gets a sloppy Hamstein who gets the kick towards Dippier Domenico. He gets around Alvin. Look at the Brownlow medal. Let's go. As he kicks towards Buccanara in front. Motley spoils. Reese Jones is there. Ayers is in the van as well, but the ball falls to Motley. He kicks towards Johnson. Johnson takes the chest mark. That'll be his swings, second kick, I think. Swings onto the right boot, Johnson. Not a very good kick, but a fine Blackwell anyway. I think they'll pay the mark to Blackwell. Bit lucky to be paid there, but uh, maybe a mark. Chance for a score here, Tony Leonard. Yeah, Blackwell about 53 metres out directly in front. And uh, the runner seems to be out to Blackwell a lot. He goes for the short pass again under and finds him. Oh, I'll tell you something. He's had some important kicks in his life, Kenny Hunter. And I suppose I say this every year. But by Jingo's, this is the most important kick he'll have in a long, long time. While he takes this kick, we'll just cross for a race result, Trevor. Yeah, full page, Trevor. Kenny Hunter lighting the ball up. The ball's going in. One point. And that's a very, very desperate... A shocking miss. I would, have, I, would to, I would have backed him to kick that. wonder what that race result again there, Tony. Yeah, full page won the fourth in Sydney. You eight, happy, eight, Trev? I want to know second and third as well, though. Oh, shut up, Trevor. 8-8-56. I had it in the Quinella. 3-7 Carlton. They lead by 31 points, but Wayne Harms has got the ball. Within kicking distance for Harms, too. He goes long. I told you, have a look at that. Have a look at that for a kick. It's a master corner, and I'd pay it. No doubt whatsoever. Oh, Langford, a great kick. For Put a it right through the middle for Carlton then. For a Gee point. whiz, I'd have paid that. Oh. Hawthorne lead by exactly five goals, 21 minutes in. And, of course, all the action on the Triple R simulcast being brought to you by the Loader Dog Pub Brewery. If you can't get pissed at our pub, you're not trying. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it goes towards Schwab on the member side. Schwab kicks the ball in. Unfortunately, it's over. Throws the ball. It's the running Wallace. Wallace looking towards Dippin. Hits him on the head. Well done, Tommy Alvin. It's holding the man to Alvin. It must be holding the man to Alvin. It is holding the man to Alvin. And, uh... Well, I don't know. I think uh, Tommy Alvin's got to lift his game a bit, son. A bit like oh, you certainly mucked that one up just there. <laughs> I like the way he let the ball hit him on the head and then played for the free kick. Great play by Tommy Okay, Alvin. Trev. Tom's kicking it up now. Where's it going? Tommy will kick it towards the half-forward back. Big pack of players there. Kernahan in front. Could almost have been paid. Another scrimmage developed. Johnson's on the bottom of it. The umpire will come in and he'll ball it up once again. OK, I'm going to cross back up to them. Peter Endersby. Carlton seem to be fighting each other for the ball. They do. I'm flabbergasted. They seem to be having a bad case of the nerves still. I think it's going to be a last quarter job, Jeff. It'll, it'll have to be. OK, back in the main com box. Tony. It's Richard Loveridge running for the ball. Carlton in attack. It's on the 50-metre line. Knock it out, son. You'll be penalised for holding the ball. What another great call from me. And John Russo <laughs> penalises him, and it's a good call too. Wayne Blackwell trying to urge the Blues into attack. I think he was looking for Kenny Hunter then. Yes, I was right again. 
it? And he wasn't even in screen. Ah, we're really at the ground anyway. Wayne Blake for 40, 40, 45 metres. He's found Kenny Hunter yet again. Steady up, Kenny, steady up. He goes in short, finds Glasgow, and Glasgow will be put on an angle, I would think. Well, he's about, shall we say, 12 metres out on about a 233-degree obtuse angle, but then again, I failed mass, so I'm probably talking to him he had at the moment. But David Glasgow kicked one goal there, five goals down, and by jingoes, he's had some important kicks in his life, and I put this one down as one of them. Glasgow coming, and we'll watch this from the boot. Oh! No, too much pressure. 29-27, Carlton. 8-8-56, Hawthorne. About to start time on, and the loaded early action. He needs to grow a good moustache if he's going to kick goals like that. Wayne Harms could have got that. OK, I'm going to cross back up to the members' stand now. The Grazier, what's the matter? Well, it was obviously a check side kick there. That was what was required, or what he De did? Definitely what was required. Not a Victorian drop pass. OK, the ball's back in play now, Trevor. Mew kicks the ball out, looking for Tuck, but Meldrum's behind, takes a good mark, plays straight on, kicking the ball into the teeth of goal, but the ball will be through and for it, one it, point it again. And it hit one of the uh, eye teeth, I think, rather than the one we were after. Is that Meldrum's first touch, anyone around the panel? Nice, no, uh, had, had a few touches, but... Uh, him and Tuck have been... I don't think either of them had a great effect on the game. The so ball's far. back in play now, Tony. Richard Loveridge, put under the pressure then by... Chris Mew, but uh, does it well. Loveridge sees a very short player. In short was Schwab, and he is short too. Gary Ayres gone out of the game this quarter. Bernie Evans trying to dodge a few people on his left foot right on the boundary. Someone says leave it, they leave it, and the ball goes out of bounds. Between half forward and forward pocket, out of side. 25 minutes into the quarter. Carlton are trailing by about 28 points. Need a goal here, Trevor. Well, the play's been bottled up a lot this quarter. Abbott comes from behind, tries to get the tap out. A quick kick out of the pack by Hawthorne. Platten in front there, but roving the pack was Madden. Gets the ball, who swings onto the left boot and puts it through for a goal. Well gone. The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery is supporters of the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final Simulcast on 3RRR FM. The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brewers of fine owls and stouts. Well, Molly Meldrum must have heard us having a go at him. He's come through and kicked a goal. We've got some special comments now down from Bay 13. Julian. Yes, he uh, noticed that superb fumble. Yeah. That superb fumble from Justin Madden set that goal up. He's kicked two, Jeffrey. <laughs> OK, back to the play now. Tony. Carlton getting back into the game. Quarter only trail by 22 points. Gary has gone out of the game. Well blocked then by Wayne Johnson. It's desperate stuff. He knocks it out. Can Tuck get rid of it? He swung onto the left foot. Ball comes towards the half forward <laughs> flank. Alvin obviously playing on dip at a minute. But here comes the running Dortich. One bounce. He'll go long looking in the direction of Ken Hunter. Kenny Hunter, can he get there? No, he can't. Looks a bit like Peter Sellers, that Dortich. Yeah, in one of his one of his movies when he was done up at the camera. And Richard Loveridge is out on the back pocket with the ball. Trevor Marmalade. Yes, Mew found Loveridge there on the halfback flank. He's looking for Schwab further up along the wing, but the ball will beat him and Reese Jones out of bounds once again. Carlton back into the game. Bit by bit. Yes, I think all the style and class has gone out of the game. The sting is definitely out of the game. It's been untidy football, and maybe Carlton can get back, but I think Hawthorne are still playing too well. Tony. It's the running. Reese Jones got the ball from good play from Madden at that out of bounds. Seeing a good pass then, a real good pass. And McClure's got the ball. McClure will play on. It goes towards right into the teeth of goal. Looking for Kernahan. Can't grab it, Kernahan. Ball goes out of bounds. Right against the point post with Carlton in attack. 4-10, 34 to 8-8, 56. 
And as I've said before, Carlton slowly but surely clip back into the game. All right, the throw in to take place in Hawthorne's, uh, Carlton's forward pocket. Uh, excuse me, Glasgow taps the ball back out of bounds. More untidy football. They just bring it around another 15 or so yards. Perhaps it'll give Carlton a better chance to kick a goal. It's 26 minutes into the quarter. Think there'll be a bit of time on this quarter. The ball appears to have been out a lot. Good punch at the back. Who tries to find Peter Cameron. He misses him. Molly Meldrum once again. Well, Shepard Meldrum, he's going towards goal. Unfortunately though, Terry Wallace in the last line of the A long kick was what was required there, Trevor. Wallace gets the handball over the top to Mew who in turn finds Loveridge who drives the ball along the wing looking for Dippier Domenico. Green gets the tap beautifully back to Dipper. He gets a short kick in. Bradley's in the van. Coming through strongly is Bacanara who swings onto the right foot. Duel and Dunstall come out. Duel paddling the ball in front. Grabbed by Dunstall. Ridden into the ground. We'll wait on the decision here from the umpire. I think I'll, you'll I'll find the free will be to duel. I'll give the umpire yes. a free for that. Yes, the free kick to duel there. I think the Dunstall in his back. The correct calls play on appears to have been well tackled with the knee going into the middle of the back. I'd say there was a lot of sentiment in that one. Tony, take it away as English runs down the ground. He runs down the ground, kicks the ball in the Hunter Mew direction. Well punched by Chris Mew. Well run through by Peter Russo. Oh. Kicked in danger by McClure. Umpire says play on. Whatever happened to that rule? Tuck, he went out the window. Tuck clears up again. Wallace's tackle very well by Blackwell and thrown to the ground. Des English can't fend down. Platten can. I think the ump must ball it up. He will. 27 and a half minutes into the quarter. 4, 10, 34 Carlton trailing Hawthorne by 22 points and the loaded dog bringing you all the action. 27 and a half minutes in. Peter Cameron, I think he could go to, do well to go to Roland Blyer. I think they advertise on that. The ball spot is starting to appear. Glascott kicks the ball up in the air. But it's a free kick to Carlton. And I'll tell you something, if they can score now, 16 points is nothing in modern football. You can get back into the game. Justin Madden, unfortunately for Carlton, has got the ball, though. <laughs> Justin kicks the ball down, looking for Ken Hunter, and they spoil each other. Not it quite. Chris New punches it through. Carlton have got all their opportunities here, but... Uh... Hawthorne seem to be able to bottle it up and prevent them from scoring. Trevor. 21 points to difference as Mew prepares to kick out from fullback once again. Carlton been in attack a bit more this quarter. Mew sinks the boot into it. Out towards Langford who's made a lead and takes a good mark in front of Kernahan. Kernahan won't make sure he'll, he'll get away too quickly there though. Langford going back. Looking for a player upfield. Goes in short. Ooh, bit dangerous but Ede takes the pass. They're slowing the game right up at the, at the uh, concluding stages of the second quarter here as Ede looks... Down the field, Tony Leonard. 28 and a half minutes in. Peter oh, Reese jones gets high. Uh, good play from McClure. Harms the running, harms Glasgow. Oh, oh. Very interesting kick and found Kernahan. And I'll tell you something. Now go back and have your kick, son. Now don't look for a man up the ground. Have a shot. He said, no, don't kick it to Kenny. Don't do it, don't do it. Okay, that's better. He's taken my advice. And what good advice it proved to be as the ball goes right into the teeth of the goals. But it's half time here at the MCG. Okay, and as people are heading off up to up to their bars and luncheons and whatever, I think it's time we heard from Lindsay Airport. Screen to forget all. 
Fat Cattery on venues to be ever so choosy. Zikodin Champions Grand Final Broadcast on CRRR FM. Brought to by the Lodi Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brews are fun, airs, and stars. And as Carlton fight back in the second quarter, they still trail, however. Hawthorne, 8 goals, 8, 56. Lead Carlton, 4 goals, 11, 35. And for the quarter, Carlton kicked three goals, six, wasted a few opportunities, while Hawthorne kicked three goals, two. So at halftime in the 86 grand final, it's Hawthorne, 8 8 56, leading Carlton, 4 11 35. And that's being brought to you, of course, by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery in North Fitzroy. Well, I don't think Carlton fans should get too upset at the moment. It's going to be the magic third quarter that the Blues are known for, and it's coming up shortly. Chris and I went down to the MCG, as everyone knows, for the rehearsal. Now, this is a Carlton man that you spoke to, Helen. Uh, well, actually, it's one of the three Footscray supporters in Melbourne, and uh, everyone we seem to interview at the MCG were, in fact, Footscray supporters. And we caught up with Bob Moores. He's the man that uh, organises the whole extravaganza. We caught up with him as he was actually putting the dais together down in the tunnel. Uh, which of course, it's all been broken down now. All broken down now and gone back for the Moomba Parade. What's the fellow's name? Bob Moores. When did you actually start planning what we were going to see on Saturday? It's a fairly lengthy process, actually. It's about three months out from uh, this weekend when we first start serious planning. Uh, you get into very complicated planning pretty soon after that. Of course, contact with Olivia was made even before that uh, so that uh, they could fit in with her schedule. But the overall process is about three months. Bob, is it a bigger job than Moomba Festival? No, it's not. It's, uh, it's not nearly as big as Moomba. Moomba has many more components. Uh, the VFL Grand Final is, is different in that sense that 
uh, you have one spectacular event uh, that all happens basically in half an hour as far as we're concerned. It's the pre-match entertainment. But uh, it does have that sort of sense of urgency and importance there because you have a very large crowd, both physically on the ground watching and a very big television crowd right around the world nowadays. So there is a pressure to perform to the very best we can to make Melbourne look as good as possible. So what did the VFL specify this time and how did you actually come up with the ideas, for instance, like the Australian flag? Yes, well, we're looking for something that represents what the nation is all about these days and we feel that there's very strong national spirit here in Australia. Uh, it's, I think it would be true to say that hasn't been in the case in previous years. Uh, now people do have more allegiance, if you can call it, to the flag. They know their song, Advance Australia Fair. We're, we're gaining an identity for ourselves and we're proud to be Australian. So we're trying to include as much of that uh, in our presentation as possible. And of course that sort of links in with the current theme of, uh, of our trade and manufacture and, and, and our internal buying and buy Australian made. So it's all mixed up with that. But Bob, when, when I look at it, I get the impression that it's uh, much more American than Australian, despite the flags and the slouch hats. The style and the music and the whole aura of it is very much uh, taken, to my mind, from American television. I think we have followed the trends of American style of presentation here in Australia for a great number of years. And we're probably still searching for uh, that individual presentation of our own. Uh, when that'll come about, you know, who knows. You're quite right, it's not a European style of presentation. It is much more American in the process. We were noticing with the mascots that there's in fact not a Swans mascot. What's happened there? Well, the Swans, uh, each of the clubs, by the way, own their own mascot. And the Swans... You mean the costumes, not the blokes inside? Not the blokes inside, yeah, the costumes. And the Swans have had one for four years, and uh, it was getting a little bit ragged, and so they sent it away to be mended and cleaned up, uh, and unfortunately it hasn't been ready for today's rehearsal. However, uh, there is a duplicate one, and uh, we'll have that ready for Saturday. And Bob, how much does this all cost? The uh, main production is about 68000 and then the sound is about another 30000 on top of that. So it's around about $100,000. And Bob, there's just one other thing. What's happened to the parachutists this year? We were going to put them in again this year, because I think they're quite a quite startling, but we decided that we did have them last year, and again you can get a bit repetitious with things and people can get a little tired of seeing the same thing over and over again, but we are planning to do a mass parachute landing for next year. Who are you going to be supporting on Saturday? Well, I'm a Footscray barracker, and we've been waiting since 1954 for another premiership, but looking at the two teams over the year, I would say that Hawthorne would have the edge.
I want a chair committee meetings about admission prices. Get involved in long debates about way of payment rises. I want to be on a vehicle task force, decide the game's direction. Take a tough position on state team selection. Cause they got a hungry heart. They got power to burn. They got angry minds. They got a lot to learn. A task force about private ownership. Another one about violence. A task force about relocation to the Channel Islands. A task force about going to Brisbane. Another one about staying behind. A task force about the possibility of South Melbourne changing their mind. They got a hungry heart. They got power to burn. They got angry minds. They got a lot to learn. Well, there we go. I want to be a VFL commissioner. Now, whatever took it into your mind to write that song, Greg? Uh, I don't know, actually. As a matter of fact, I was just listening to the old Billy Baxter tune, and thanks to Billy Baxter for that, and thanks to Paul Kelly, too. Okay, now, Simon, you've been up in the members there with, with Chris and uh, Peter Indusby Benithan, but you've been down in the bull ring. You've spotted a few highlights down there? Oh, look, I've had a number of highlights today. I thought uh, the big highlight of the Army Reserve Cup was the opportunity to see Dean Sharon. Exxon killed a player, playing again. Very serviceable game uh, he put in for Footscray too. Pity they couldn't have done a bit better. And, of course, in the main game now, we've got another very serviceable performance by an Exxon killed a player in Russell Green. Yes, but he had to go to Hawthorne to be serviceable. Oh, no, he was all right at St Kilda as well, but uh, he's certainly done a little bit better. But, Greg, now, I, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been listening to the call. You've all given Carlton away. Yep. They've had nine scoring shots in that quarter. Not much luck. They've kicked three goals, six. They're 21 points down, which I think is just about the position that Essendon were in in 1984, and they went on to win by 30 points. I certainly haven't given the Blues away. You'll recall I tipped the Blues this morning. Not on this uh, station. And uh, uh, I still think the Blues are going to get up and win. In fact, I felt all the way through that second quarter that the tide was turning. We've given them away because we want to give them away because we don't like Carlton and we want those Hawkers to win, so up yours, Carlton. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll um, cross to your other members' colleagues now, Simon. Uh, Chris, what's the scene up there during lunch? Well, lunch is terrific up here. Jeff, the members are going berserk in the background. The share market's gone up. Moleskin trousers have just doubled in price in the last 20 minutes and the boys chalking up the scores on the board in the long room are working overtime. Sydney Swans supporters want to buy dryers of bone overcoats. Everybody's in for the elastic side at RM Williams boots and it's chaos up here. They're on a roll. They think Carlton's coming back and they really think that John Howard is going to be the Prime Minister of Australia in 1988. It's a big show up here, a great day. Thanks a lot, Chris. Well, we'll try and cross back down to uh, Bay 13. Now, is the line clear? Okay coming through. What's the situation down there? Has the pies run out yet? No, I've been munching, munching on a 4 and 20. Are we sp sponsored by 4 and 20 today, Jeff, or not? We're sponsored by Herbert Adams, Philip. Oh, that's the one I had, a Herbert Adams. I'm not a very good reader, you see. I'm very proletarian, very proletarian crowd down here. 
Uh, not much violence in the game, so um, can't really comment on that, but I did get a telegram before, and I've got to send a cheer out to a few people from school who were having a, um, a dirty bondage party out in Brunswick. There's Daryl and the crew, so I'd like to send a cheer, and I hope that they've got the whips and chains out, and uh, there's a bit more violence there than over here in Bay 13. OK, well, there's no violence at all with where we're going to go now. From football, the brutal ballet, we're going to a more calm form of dancing. That's just the straight-out bluebirds. Have a, that looks like an amassed bluebirds now, but we're going to have a quick talk to the choreographer. Jane, why did you become a Carlton bluebird? Uh, because of the challenge. It was the first uh, cheerleading squad in Australia. It was something different to do. And as I said, it was a challenge for all of us to do it, to present something new in a good way. And when you actually heard about it, what did you actually think the Bluebirds would be doing? I mean, what was the type of image you had of them? Oh, we were told what the image would be before we auditioned. That it was to be a dancing team, um, to represent Carlton, um, as entertainment prior to the game, to spur the crowd on, to spur the footballers on. How would you spur the footballers on? Well, in turn, we'd spur the crowd and then the crowd would be motivated to spur the footballers on. Some people could, in fact, argue that you're not on the ground long enough to spur the crowd on. Well, we hope we are. We're sure we are. There's also been some discussion about the difference between you and the Swanettes. Yes. How would you see that? Uh, I agree. Um, the Swanettes portray more a sexy image. We're trying to portray the girl next door uh, that people can easily relate to and a professional dancing team. Is there a problem ever, do you feel, I mean, one of the things I think that's concerned the football public quite a bit at times is why, in fact, are these women on, on the ground. Do you find it a problem being in what's essentially a male preserve as a woman? No. And there has also been, talking about the costumes, I mean, there has been quite a bit of criticism about the costumes, but John Moss uh, said to me just recently that they've changed. We and have new costumes which were made by the same people that made Torval and Dean's costumes in Australia. They are very classy. They're wearing uh, tails with leotards and bowler hats and bow ties and their white boots. So do you think there has been a change in the costumes? And the costumes become, when I did it, we only wore basic leotard and boots. It was very plain. I don't think uh, the attention was drawn to us that much, like on, you wouldn't have noticed us that much on the field. Now we've added a little bit of sparkle, but not too much. Uh, the costumes are very well made and fit the girls beautifully. They're not skimpy, they're just classy. Where do the girls come from to get into it? Are they professional dancers before yes. they come in? Yes. And how we much? We do have some new girls that haven't worked professionally, but they have all had years of dancing training. Most dancers start training when they're five and study various forms, basically starting with classical ballet, then progressing into jazz, modern and tapping. So they're trained all round. Have you thought about using classical ballet out on the field before the games? Before? Oh, I don't know how that would go. I love classical ballet myself. That's my first love. Um, I can't see the classical ballet in the tails with the boots and the bowler hat somehow. <laughs> And what about the earnings that the girls can make out of it? I mean, is it a lucrative career? Yes, they do make a good wage. For a full-time living, or is it something you'd have no, to No, not to? for full-time living, but um, enough to live on, yes. And you said all the dance routines are basically your perceptions of what'll work, rather than something... Well, John Moss, the, as I said, the promoter and the manager, we discuss what we think we would like the girls to do. We choose the music, and I, then I choreograph the routine. And how much training would you do each week before a game? Well, uh, at least one rehearsal before the game, during the week. That's a three-hour rehearsal. 
then on the day of the game, we get to the ground, we're warming up, going through the routine, and then the girls get dressed and go on the field. And for the grand final, we've spent two evenings this week, one hour, one of four hours and one of three hours. What are some of the, some of the perils uh, in terms of being a bluebird? For instance, it's being The other team doesn't like you. <laughs> what do you mean the other team doesn't like well, you? Well, I mean, for instance, when I did it, uh, the grand final was Collingwood-Carlton. So, of course, Collingwood's going boo-boo-boo to the girls. Only because it, we're not with their team. That's about all. But most of the time you find they go, good on you girls, and that was great. And There's no real perils. Or, for instance, if we had to dance today out on the wet field, um, you have to be careful where you put your feet. If you then, in fact, you had to do that once and somebody yes. fell in the mud. Yes. We're doing a line of kicks at the end of the routine, high kicks, about 16, and the girl beside me suddenly wasn't beside me. She was sitting on the floor <laughs> in the mud. Another problem I think that people might have with the growth of cheer squads here and groups like the Bluebirds and the Swanettes is that it seems that we're becoming very American. Only American as in having cheerleaders, but uh, the way our team is, it's nothing like any of the cheerleading squads in America. They're much bigger and much more razzmatazz than we have. You don't think we'll get like that? Maybe in years to come, but I can't see within the next one or two years. And what about in the next few years? Do you find, in fact, there's a trend with the other clubs? Are we going to get the Saintettes and the Tigerettes? And, uh, I mean, is this, this on the line? Hopefully, but they have to find sponsors. There's always the money is a problem. Um, they have to find a sponsor to form the teams. Uh, I would like to see it because it puts more dancers, more acrobats, gymnasts in work. The Carlton Bluebirds did have trouble at one stage, didn't they, finding sponsorship? Yes. What were the problems then? They couldn't find anyone that would pay the money. <laughs> Simple. What's the challenge? That was the year after I did it. When I did it was when, when Ed, Dr Jeffrey Edelstein was the sponsor. Then after that, they had problems finding a sponsor, but they did. Why were there problems, do you think? But there just wasn't I enough think work a lot of around, people, are prepared to put money in because they don't think they'll get enough money back from what they're putting in. So it's changed now, has it? You don't have any problems with Well, now that we have um, John Moss promoting it and managing it, he's excellent. I mean, he works on it 24 hours a day, getting jobs for the girls, promoting the image in the right way, looking after the girls, making... He takes them to all the jobs, he brings them home. He really cares for their image. I mean, we get in the bus to go to the game and he gives us a Mars bar. <laughs> He up. brings us food. Day, eh? He's got a brother who's a dentist. Pardon? Got a brother who's a dentist. No. <laughs> Chocolate factory. Is that the motivational food for the bluebirds? <laughs> and what about actually having some blue boys out there in the squad? I would like to, yes. Is Just to add another dimension, uh, more visual. They can do um, double work with the girls, some partner work, and maybe some acrobatics. It would give it another look, yes. Do you think that's likely? Maybe next year, yes. And that was Jan Rogers, the choreographer of the Bluebirds. And here's a fellow who's been doing his bit for Hawthorne today. Well, that just about wraps it up here from the Could Have Been Champions. The last man in is Michael Tuck. Do you still want Brian Taylor, Harry? Who's the one who dies into the pack And sends us back into attack it's Taki, oh Taki. Who's the one who took the free in the second semi in 1983? It was Taki, 
it on the telly and uh, Greg and I happened to run into David Parkin and uh, just out of interest he's keeping a few stats on the game himself uh, apparently at the moment the goal face percentage error figures are Hawthorne 42.2% Carlton 86.7% there's a 0.5% statistical discrepancy there but it's not statistically significant Greg yes and handballs under pressure to the opposition Hawthorne 8 Carlton 6 uh, the corridor disposal utilisation figures are Hawthorne 71%, Carlton 63%. Unassisted acts of violence, Hawthorne 6, Carlton 9. Concealed forearms to the head region, 7 apiece. The hard team things that nobody notices, Hawthorne 10, Carlton 2. Flick passes, naught and naught. Marginally effective knock-ons by accident behind the play, Hawthorne 4, Carlton 8. Proportion of ball play in the corridor region, 73% Hawthorne, 58% Carlton. And right-wing bourgeois middle-class major scores, Hawthorne North, Carlton 5. These are the figures you really need to keep you right in the picture at a great grand final, Trevor. And uh, for those of you out there who have been tempted through the afternoon to actually turn up the sound on their telly and hear Landy and Richards, we have the Channel 7 stats. Apparently uh, no quarter has been given or asked in the first half. Uh, they're not giving any latitude or beg pardons. And uh, also the ladders well in front of the formers today. Very surprising statistic there. And uh, four goals have been handy, three badly needed. Right? And uh, interestingly... Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, eight sets of players with the same number on their goonsies have contested the ball with their backs to the camera. A new record, I believe. A new record there. And uh, if Peter Landy was goal umpiring from the commentary box, it would be Hawthorne three for Carolyn seven straight. Thanks for that, Greg Simon, our stats team there. As the main traffic staff will organise themselves again, I'll just check that out, our commentators again. Back in position up, up in the members, Peter uh, Carson and It's wonderful to be here. Did you have today. a good lunch, Chris? Bounce for him, he kicks the goal! And that's the start that Hawthorne wanted. 
The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery. And I think Tony, a lot of viewers would have noticed in that place you played at Peggy Ham, so it's got a very nasty receding hairline there. Guest number 37 on leave from the Grand Parade at the show today. Peter Cameron could also do with a visit to Roland Light. 62 place, 35, the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery in North Fitzroy, bringing you all the action and all the drinks that's making this commentary so fantastically successful and succinct. It's Madden and Deer about to do battle again, one minute into the third quarter. And I'll tell you something, Dominator, I'd keep that trap of your shot. He doesn't allow Peter Cameron to get on with the game. Ball goes here, nice bounce up to as Greg Deer and Justin Madden do battle. Madden straight to Peter Russo, Russo and Dorothy. It's like two Titans, but Bacanara! Bacanara, the danger man for Hawthorne now. He could kick this, Trevor. Yes, he certainly could. He prepares to sink the boot in. It's a long torpedo punch from the edge of the square. They set themselves just a win up, couldn't take the mark, and the ball forced over the line by Carlton. Here, two minutes into the second half. VFL Grand Final. Simon, and it just shows you how selfless the Hawthorne players are. Bacanara has chosen to play. It's stacks not up it's stacks nowhere near on the mill. It's Peter Cameron directing traffic. A free to Dorotich in the back pocket for Hawthorne. He's going to come out the member side of the ground on that famous left foot of his. And it goes out towards the centre wing in the direction of Deer. Melbourne beats him to the ball. Airs overruns it. Stack on the mill now with Loveridge there. And it looks like Steve Kernahan. And it's a half-forward flank. Nah, perhaps between the wing and half-forward member side flank with the Hawks into attack. Russo puts the ball down. Madden goes up. Contests is uncontested, if that's possible. Ayers kicks the ball. Bacchanara again! Great diving. And isn't it great for excitable commentators like us that God created a name like Bacchanara? Tony, can I just go down to Bay 13 now? Um, that, uh, that Madden got the knock clearly. It went straight to Ayers. On spastic, and in the last two punches, straight to the Hawthorne guys. I mean, there are people around me in blue, blue jumpers going absolutely bananas about the situation. And here's John Peck lining up now. <laughs> okay, Trevor, as Dermot takes this shot. Yes, well, we're taking those expert comments from Bay 13, the short pass marked by Brereton, and Brereton will line up from about 40 metres out. He'll actually be about 45 metres out when he lets go, taking his time, pulls up the socks. Very important, Dermot, as Dermot strolls in, looking to kick his second goal. Lines up, boots straight through the middle. No doubt about that one. Two goals for something. I think this is, could be a winning lead at this early stage in the third quarter. 10-8-68 Hawthorne. 33-point leaders over Carlton. 4-11-35. You are listening to the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final Broadcast on 3 Triple FM. Brought to you by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery. 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brews are fine ales and stouts. A shell, okay. a shell shock, Carlton. The trails by 33 points. Two very quick majors to Carlton at the start of the third turn. Madden Hawthorne, I think, got them, Tone. Uh, yes, they did, but the uh, sensation here. Hawthorne got them. Yeah, but I'm the one who's shell shocked because I can't believe what I'm saying. As Bacchanara's got the ball again. He's got the ball again. Well stopped by Tommy Alvin. 
Platten tries to put his body in. Alvin puts his body in. It must be holding the man. It's going to be a bounce up, though. Bit stiff, Tommy Alvin. Between centre and half forward, right in the middle of the ground, the edge of the diamond. With Hawthorne going into attack, 33 points in front. The loaded dog in North Fitzroy bringing you all the action. Madden and Deer do battle, well knocked on by Loveridge. Straight to English. The ball smothered. Dean tries to get the ball. Kicked on by Brereton. Alvin's the one in the van. Knocked on nicely then by Russell. Well tackled, Dipper on the bad play then as Arms intercepts. He'll set this up nicely for the running Evans, but Evans been very quiet. Deer's on his hammer. Well tackled, big boy. Well tackled. The ball goes out of bounds. 65 metres around. Half forward flank with Hawthorne in attack. And we wait for the ball up. I think that could have broken the back of Carlton. Trevor Marmalade. Yes, well, surprising. Evans didn't have enough pace to get around Deer then. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, the ball was being thrown in on Hawthorne's half forward flank. Desi English trying to get through. Carlton go forward through the agency of Tommy Elvin, who streams forward, kicks the ball towards half forward for Carlton. Good-looking bloke. I could fancy him, I reckon. <laughs> Dipper with blood all over his face. I think it might the be... Warrior. A, the warrior. The warrior. I think it's probably tomato sauce from six or seven pies he tried to get down at half-time. Well knocked on by Abbott. Half-forward flank. Running into the pack then is Russell Green. Well got out by Peter Dean. Hawthorne find the way through there. Desi English. Cool, calm and collected. One of Carlton's better players. It's member's side right in the middle of the ground. Five minutes in. Tuck at the bottom of the pack. Meldrum gets the ball out. Throws it up. And the running Bradley. I think he should I play think off. he did throw it up Tony <laughs> no, oh. well called in the run there and I'll even make one other prediction that Peter Cameron will bounce it alright the bounce comes from Cameron he puts the ball into the turf deer in front gets the tap down to the evergreen Michael Tuck ball out to Edu gets a short kick in towards half forward Curran comes out to meet it overruns the ball Dippers there the claret flying from his pumpkin but Alvin comes through with the left boot sinks it out onto the members wing coming through is Abbott he didn't have much of a clue there Kernahan oh, trying to get clue the ball left and a short kick from the Hawthorne player comes towards Platten and out of bounds once again, Tony. Right in the middle of the ground, right on the wing exactly, in front of the members. Rowan Robinson looking to come on. McKenzie hasn't been on the ground. Madden, who's been so dominant, knocking it to the Hawthorne little men all day and does it again. Gets it to Peter Schwab. Schwab will kick long in the direction of Brereton. Doritich in front. Dipper gets the ball. Has one bounce to your dog. Straight in. Delivers the flying head up to the midriff. And he's going to get holding the man. Now, Tony, if you don't take one of your heart tablets, you can't call the last quarter. Well, how about we cross over to Bay Third? Well, that was a Brownlow decision, if ever I saw one. I've got to take comments from Bay from Bay 13 on that one. Decision, a perfect tackle. Duck the head, the ball and copped it sweet and should have been penalised. OK, I'd like to go up to the members now. Helen, you're not happy with the state of the Carlton players' clothes? No, I'm not. I mean, the, well, the Carlton players, in fact, is wonderfully neat compared to these unruly Hawthorne people. Do you think the Carlton players might have changed at half-time or they just haven't been on the, on the, on the turf much? I think they've been a bit concerned with the, the way they're looking and they should just get into the game. <laughs> OK, we'll cross back to the main com box now, Tony. And Dipper looking like he's just come out of a 20-man battle royal at Madison Square Garden. But anyway, it's the running. Evans kicks the ball. Santa Wing has a bit of luck and finds... Uh, stopped there by Schwab. 
He'll handball now to Harms. Harms onto the running. Glass got bounce it, son. Bounce it, son. He dropped the ball. Well done, Peter Schwab. And here's Rick Loveridge going towards the members where he belongs because he's a public school boy and he's probably been there before. Gives it to Gary Ayres. Gary Ayres, half forward flank, looking for Brown. Now, he wouldn't have been in the members, a boy like that before. Probably 85 metres out around from the ground, about where Billy Barrett would have kicked the goal. What disgusting play, Brereton. Hit the boundary line. And I'll tell you something, that should have been in because that's where Harms knocked the ball. <laughs> I know you Collingwood supporters, I got a, I got a long memory and obviously memories of 1980, uh, 1979 just keep coming flooding back. 10868 Hawthorne, Carlton 41135, about 10 minutes in and the loaded dog bringing you all the action. So far it's been all Hawthorne in the 1986 grand final. Carlton trying to claw their way back in, Madden in front, takes the ball out of the ruck, tackled by Deer. He's following up, he's over the ball, unloaded. Comes out, Reese Jones can't take hold of it. Untidy passage of play and the umpire will call for it once again, Simon. Reese Jones been very quiet today, Tony. It was even quieter because he wasn't even in that passage of play then, Trevor. But uh, he's probably been one of Carlton's better players. Craig Bradley in the hands of the trainers. Deer and Madden, the two Titans doing battle again. Knock to Glasgow. Glasgow to Reese Jones. Play on or ball up. And he's gone for the latter. Ball up. Decision. Actually, he threw Reese Jones to the ground there. I thought uh, the umpire must have thought that was fair enough, even though Reese Jones never had the ball. And there's a very worried-looking Alan Jones, but if I was a policeman, I'd always be worried about a bullet coming through the window. <laughs> it goes towards the wing, and uh, Hawthorne looking pretty good. The ball goes out of bounds. And while it's out of bounds, Tony, I'll, I'll just cross back over to the outer of the combox. He's gone down to join the boys down there. What do you think of Rhys Jones's game so far, Greg? We're just discussing Rhys Jones in, in here, and uh, Rhys, he is a come of age as a football player. He's an adult. He's a human being, warm and considerate and caring. OK, we cross back to the main combox now. Trevor. All right, Meldrum, Scoots picks up the ball, grabbed by Ayres, evades the tackle. He grabs hold of him, gets a short kick in with the left boot. But I think a whistle's gone on the play. Uh, advantage rule play there, leverage. Scoots well, down the Well, the Carlton players stopped and the Hawthorne players kept Dunstall going. Dunstall comes out from full forward and takes the mark not more than 35 yards out on a 60-degree angle. Will he kick this one, Tony? One, I think, tre uh, Trevor, and it's a tragic last game for Bristol. And McClure being hauled off the ground by Carlton coach Robbie Walls. I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet, Robbie. Jason Dunstall lining up. It looks good. And I'll tell you something. That might be the one to seal the 1986 Grand Final. OK, Tony, I'll just catch the atmosphere up in the members. Chris, how are things? Sensation, Jeff, they've reverted to plan B. The stock market's collapsed. There's members of the Carlton Coterie jumping off the MCG onto the top of their Mercedes, and they've put out a warning. There's a nuclear disaster in South Melbourne. Anybody wearing brown and gold has got to get out of the metropolitan area immediately. Hey, Chris, I want to go back down to Bay 13. Now, it seems that one umpire called a free kick and the other umpire blew play on. Bay 13 was on the opposite side of the ground, but could you see what went on there? Of course I could see it. I was as close as you are. Jeffrey. I mean, who believes in umpires, really? What do you think of umpires? Oh, they're, they're very nice men. Back to the play now. And I think they've done a terrific job today, too. And Take it away, Trevor Marmalade. Yes, uh, special comments there from our violence expert, Phil Cleary, as Motley gets the kick across. Uh, Elvin coming through there. Fudipia Domenico gets hauled to the ground, picks the ball up again. Bit of a scuffle behind the play. Elvin gets the kick up to the wing, but standing in the way is Terry Wallace for Hawthorne. Set to drive tag. Swings onto the right foot. Gets looking for Brereton behind. He comes through, had the hands on it, couldn't pull it down. Doradich and Elvin see the ball over the boundary line for Carlton. It's on Hawthorne's half-forward flank. OK, Trevor, I really think Hawthorne have, have gained a bit of supremacy here, Tony. 
Yes, and it's Supreme by 39 points. 4-11-35 Carlton. 11-8-74 the Mighty Hawks. They lead by 39 points as a free goes to Bernie Evans and the loaded dog in North Fitzroy corner of Holden and Street and St George's Road bringing you all the exciting action from the MCG as Blackwell fires tackling Justin Madden oh just marks over Richard Loveridge well done Justin goes on to the running Dominator the Dominator looking for Molly Melvin looking for Kenny Hunter well punched out again by Hunter Evans too slow son Tucky trying to get the look thrown out to Meldrum keep playing on don't look for the free he doesn't it's going to be stacks on the milk well done Peter Russo perhaps uh, ball up will be called about 45 metres out with Carlton in attack and jo uh, Tony do you think John Russo showed some favouritism to his brother Peter there and I say, couldn't, yeah, no, probably could have given him a free kick then because... And chose not to, chose negative favouritism. I think fingers <laughs> up the nostril does indicate a tackle above the shoulders. Trevor. All right, the, the ball bounced again as it's driven up once again by Hawthorne. Looking at Curran, Motley's behind, could have been paid. No mark paid. Curran scoops the ball out, looking for no one in particular. Green's first on the scene. He gets a sloppy handball out, but it's Bradley who will get a left foot kick in. Bacanara late on the scene as he heads up to the wing. McKenzie comes out, looking for his first touch. Can't get hold of it. Platten's there. Schwab gets the, the tap out to Ede. Couldn't get it clear. Johnson across to McKenzie. Gets his first kick in the 86 grand final. Kernahan's there. Through comes Abbott on the left foot. Not a very good kick, but Russo should be first of the ball. Dippier Domenico's there too. He's got Evans on his hammer. Alvin coming through now. He's starting to come into the game now Tommy Alvin gets a handball across to Blackwell gets a hurried kick in but it'll bounce through for one point very close the loaded dog pub brewery supporters of the could have been champions grand final simulcast on 3 Triple FM the loaded dog pub brewery 324 St George's Road North Fitzroy brewers of fine owls and stouts play for Hawthorne it goes towards the member side wing. Oh. Platten tries to jump his own man, but a great mark, Reese Jones. 4 12 36 11 8 74. Things looking pretty grim for the Blue Boys. Peter Schwab's got the ball. He knocks it in the direction of Loveridge, who was manhandled. Knocked over the line, and it's between, well, we'll say half forward flank. Member side with Carlton <laughs> in attack about 12 or 13 minutes in. Make that about 15 26. <laughs> on the loaded dog electric timing scoreboard. Johnson can't get the ball out. Ayres falls over. Reese Jones battling hard. Gets a hurried kick and goes towards Glasgow. It's pressure all the way. Johnson can't get the ball. A punch then. They need a, they need a mark here. here Is it the running black will to do the trick? No, it's not. It's out of bounds. Right up against the point post. 4-12-36. Okay, Tony. I'll check down to Bay 30 now. Julian. Yes, I, yes, I, 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 I think Hawthorne, I think Hawthorne can start twinning with Tokyo right now. Twin cities, Tokyo and Hawthorne. Thanks, Jules. Back to the play now, Trevor. All right, the ball comes to Edie. He gets the right foot, looking towards Dippier, Domenico and Alvin. They're having an absorbing contest on the wing. The ball, no one can get a decisive hand on the ball, and it's out of bounds once and again. And Tommy Alvin's appealing. He thinks he's playing cricket. That's not till next week, mate. Oh, I think Tommy Alvin's appeal was justified there. Dippy definitely in his back. Tony. 11-8-74-4-12-36, Hawthorne by 38 points, 17 minutes in, the loaded dog in North Fitzroy bringing you all the action, Wayne Harms got the ball, well hassled then by Peter, uh, Peter Russell's very good friend, Green Brother, <laughs> and uh, as Langford clears the ball for Hawthorne, nearly paid the mark to Dibby Platten right on his tail, and what can Glasgow do? Glasgow, the Thornbury high teacher, runs towards the boundary. The ball must be out of bounds, umpire. It is between centre and half forward, out of side with Carlton, just in attack, 17 and a half minutes in. 
six goals, two down, and Trevor, things are looking pretty grim. OK, yes, before I'm... we go to Trevor there, Tony, I'll just cross up to the members and see what the situation's like. It looks to me uh, like the Carlton players, some few of them might have not made it to the Friday night uh, sacred players meeting, and they're looking a little bit like the men that fell out of the satellite at the moment. They're absolutely not in it, the men watch who... out for re-entry. The men who fell to earth. Trevor. All right, Buccanara gets the handball. Curran on the wares. Puts the right foot into it. Down towards the teeth of goal. Dunstall's there with Bereese. One by Doradich and Dool. Brereton takes the crumbs. He's unloaded though. That ball falls to Dunstall. He swings over the right foot and puts the ball. Another one. You are listening to the Cotabin Champions Grand Final Broadcast on CRRFM. Brought to you by the Lotter Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brews of fan airs and stouts. And it's back to the main com box now with Tony Leonard. I think Carlton are gone. It looks that way, Simon. I really think Jason Dunstall ought to be given a good slap over the face. He's showing absolutely no respect for Bruce Dool in his last game. A man many years his senior. And the ball's bounced down now, Trevor. All right, the umpire's about to slap the ball into the turf again as Hawthorne well in front here in the third quarter, the championship quarter in the VFL grand final. The ball in no man's land. Schwab gets there first, but Harms comes through. Kicks with the right boot, looking for Hunter, but I tell you what, Kenny Hunter, he could have been reported for time-wasting for running out on the ground today. The, the ball, in the meantime, out of bounds on the full from that kick by Harms. It's untidy play by Hawthorne. Hunter gets the handball across, looking for McKenzie. He can't bend down, gets the ball back to Blackwell. He shoots in towards the goal, but it's only a behinder, Carlton. They need goals. OK, we'll cross down to Bay 13 and see what the atmosphere there is. Have they given up on Carlton all around you? Oh, have a look over your shoulder. Is that the police coming down behind you? OK, back to the play now, Tony. He knocks the ball on, it's 12-8-80. Molly Meldrum's got the ball, go back and kick quickly, son. 43 points in arrears, Carlton. He's probably 45 metres out, more or less directly in front. And, uh, well, you've seen... Well, you haven't seen there. He's had about five kicks for the day. I think he'll probably dob this one, though. 13-37. <laughs> he goes long, he goes strong. It's there, four points to the Blues. The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery. Brewers of fine ales and stouts bring you the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final Simulcast. The Loaded Dog, 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Back at the main com box now, Simon. Yes, and if there's one Carlton player who's not to blame for what's happened today, it's Molly Meldrum Trevor. Yes, and uh, actually our mail from Bay 13 is that Phil Cleary's hitting people in the crowd, hoping you'll be sent on, Tony. Oh, I don't think we'd better cross down. <laughs> ball goes up again. Justin Madden knocks the ball to Harms. Is, is this the last whiff of chance for Carlton? However, the ball goes out the running. Glasscott now set it up carefully, son. He looks towards the running. Blackwell. Blackwell can't try and get the mark. He's hotly pressed by Wallace. Blackwell running the ball around, looking for Alvin. Harms oh! Cops one over the old... Oh, three, three Ks in. And Blackwell just ran straight at Buck then. A current, I mean. And I'll tell you something, that's why I don't like Wayne Blackwell. He can just pop up at the most unexpected places in the most unexpected places. Current on half-back flag on the outer side of the, oh. the ground. OK, oh, Tony, we'll, we'll go down to Bay 13 and check on that one. I mean, Wayne Harms should have gone on the Grand Parade instead of the Grand Final today, I think. Uh, 
There was nothing in that, Jeff. If Wayne Harms had had a full head of hair, it might have hurt. Okay, back to the main com box now, Trevor. All right, the throw-in on centre, oh, close enough to centre wing. Madden's in front here, gets the tap out from behind. Green kicks the ball in towards the centre and a strong mark by Ayres in front of Reese Jones. And Reese Jones grabbing hold of the ankle there, making sure he doesn't play on. Ayres goes back for his kick. He's about to send Hawthorne deep into attack with a big torpedo. He's kicked at a country mile, looking for Dunstall. Dual head hold of one hand. Bit of a skirmish in the centre with Mew and Hunter there. Russell, in the meantime, Russell picks up the ball on half forward with the left foot. Callan's got the set from behind. Couldn't take the mark. English gets a quick kick out of the pack, dribbling towards the, the back pocket there. Alvin overruns it. Dippy Domenico, first in line for the ball. Alvin on his hammer, but he loses. Gets the fires out the handball to Platten, who with the torpedo punt in towards goal. Dunstall wrestling with Dual once again. No free kick paid, Curran's there Dean's also in there, the ball comes to the ground, Meldrum tackled by Dunstall, but Dool gets a kick, over to you Tony. I'll really show excitement now as Gary Ayres goes long towards the goal, it could be good, it's just about there, it is there full points to Hawthorne, don't put look the like fingers a mallet, you come on, put the fingers up 13886 yes. You are listening to the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final Broadcast on 3 Triple R FM. Brought to you by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brewers of fine ales and stouts. Okay, we'll just cross up to the members now to get a feel for the atmosphere. Well, the word has gone out up in the members, Jeff. They've offered Phil Cleary three Western District properties and $4 million worth of shares in Allied Breweries if you'll cross the Carlton and come out in the ground and start biffing people. And, Chris, how about Peter Endersby Benithan? Has he caught the plane back to Adelaide? No, he has. They don't fly back to Adelaide, these upper-class people, Jeff. They just wait here and somebody comes over and they get transmogrified underground to Adelaide. OK, it's back to the main com box now with Trevor. Umpire Cameron coming in to separate Alvin and Dippier Domenico. Bit of a skirmish developing in the centre of the ground, but the ball will be bounced here in the third quarter. 13-8 to 5-13. Hawthorne well in front. 23 minutes and 15-16 seconds into the third <laughs> quarter. As the ball comes out to Abbott, gets a hurry kick towards centre-half forward. Brereton was there. Bacanara in the van. Comes through, a left foot kick by Carlton towards the half forward flank. Leading in the race for the ball is Schwab. He can't handle the ball and over the boundary line once again. And Trevor, what a great game Gary Ayres has played today. He's definitely getting my vote for the best game by an ordinary player. Well, I don't know so much about that, Simon, but I do know one thing, and that is the loaded dog in North Fitzroy's bringing you all the action as Blatton kicks the ball off the ground. Member side wing right in the middle of the ground. Out of bounds it goes. Smack bang in the middle, about to start time on in the fabulous Premiership third stanza. 13-8-86 leads 5-13-43. The Hawks have doubled Carlton score and they get back in there. It looks like Des English kicks it straight to his opposition in Gary Ayres. Ayres looking in the direction of Dipper Domenico. Dortich runs through, throws the ball away. Tommy Alvin, look out, son. Dipper's on the trail. Bacanara, it's out of bounds. Between half forward and forward pocket, 50 metres out, members side, Hawthorne in attack. Like a hot potato there, Trevor. Yes, the Dominator looking in trouble and Birdie also limping and Incidentally, Tony, Hawthorne have won seven out of their last eight games against Carlton. As Loveridge picks up the ball on the left foot, looking for Dunstall, he's got the front position, punched away by the evergreen door. Comes to Russell on the left foot, and he's he's no and it's all over by the And it's another goal to Hawthorne there. It's time to cross around the grounds. Greg Champion has managed to worm his way into the members with, with Chris and Peter. You there, Greg? Well, I can't, I can't talk with them 
around with a map for a party and paid twelve dollars for his party on the black oh, market. Oh dear, well, you'll get chucked out of the members. We'll cross down to uh, Bay 13. Are you still there? Or the, or the police coming? Are you there, yeah, Phil? We're still here. You should see the bloke behind me. I tell you what, he's got about a dozen stitches in the forehead. I made a mess of him, but did you I see Wayne Johnson go? I, I, I think it's time for the Glasgow kisses over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's back to the main com box. I think it's it's all over bar the shouting, and there'll be plenty of that. Tony Leonard. And I'm the one who's going to be delivering the shouting for the next quarter or so. The only place where there's going to be action in this grand final in the last quarter is going to be right here in this studio. So don't change that dial. It's 3 R. It's the simulcast. It is the loaded dog as it's 25-38-39 as umpire Russo slams the ball right into where Dennis Lilly probably delivered a killer blow to one of the little Pakistani batsmen. Terry Wallace in the back black will play on for call. They're on the, the trampoline, Tony. They're on the... They're on that natural bluegrass black wool twisting turning pursued by Russell Morris. Can't get it. The direction of Kernahan. Well done, Abbott. Beautiful bunch there as the Hawks go into attack. Well done, Peter Dean. Get it going, Sonia. 49 points down. 14 8 to 5 13. Goes in the direction of Kernahan. First grab. No, it's not. Justin Madden. And with lightning handball, kicks it to, puts it to Kenny Hunter. Bad kick, Kenny Hunter. And out of bounds it goes with John Kennedy on for the first time. Very interesting that Hawks on a both there in the change players in Morris and Kennedy on as we're about to go well into time on 30. Looking beautiful there. I bet that claret tastes like champagne and that's what'll be guzzling down his throat in about 35 minutes time and so will mine as Kenny Hunter knocks the ball out. Abbott chasing the ball. They're going to run this ball out of defence. The Hawks he tries to stop at Kernahan. Reese Jones over the top. Kennedy running through. The ball comes out to Langford. Drops the ball. Mackenzie trying to get through. Glass get a hurried shot but the Hawks shutting it down again. A bit high I'd say bounce it up umpire. And as they take the ball up, we'll just take comments from Chris up in the members again. Are you there, Chris? Yeah, Jeff, the Sydney Swan supporters have gone bananas. They were listening to Bob Davis's account of how the final systems last night, and they're just waiting for the Sydney Swans to run out in the grand final <laughs> starting at about 4.30. Thanks a lot, Chris. As the ball's back in play, Trevor. First net for goal by Bernie Evans, and it's a goal! Three triple up! A brewery supporters of the could have been champions grand final simulcast on 3 FM. The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brewers of fine owls and stouts. And we're back here in the May Com box now. Carlton have kicked what could be called a consolation goal. But let's not forget, it's only the third quarter, Tony. And as you're very fond of saying, this game is not over. It is certainly not over yet. 27 and a half minutes in. Peter Roughnut Cameron with the ball slaps it into the middle. The two Titans, Madden gets the ball down to Harms. They need to slap one on right now, but Hawthorne trying to shut it down. Russo, who's played a mighty game today, in the direction. Buckinara, not quite. Dunstall tries to knock the ball through. Buckinara again. Knocks it to Platten. Platten over the shoulder. He'll find Branton. Not quite. He'll find Branton now. And Dermot Bradley. You find him. 15 8, 98 Hawthorne. 6-13-49, and it's on the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery scoreboard. Throw, definitely a throw then by Buccanara. Should have been penalised, Trevor. OK, we'll go down to Bay 13 now. How's the crowd taking Dermot Broughton's performance? Well, they're very excited down here about him. Dermot the Hood, they're saying. Greg Champion told us so, and they're very happy about that goal. How did he ever get this? He threw the ball to himself. Should have been a free kick. OK, we come back to the main com box now, Trevor. 
All right, magnificent goal by Burton. Persistence paying off. The bounce of the ball in the centre. Greg Deere playing on confidence alone now. Takes the ball out of the run. Kicks towards half forward for Hawthorne. But Glascott's in the way. And he'll boot Carlton into the attack. And Kenny Hunter starting to come into the game a bit more in this third quarter. As well he might. As he drives the ball towards Madden. He's in front but can't hold it. McKenzie, he's grabbed. He's too slow. Abbott gets out to Langford. Langford boots forward for Hawthorne. On the centre wing. It's Burton taking the handball into no one in particular. It's Dean in front of Curran. He's got the ball grabbed by Curran. The ball comes out to Kennedy. This could be his first position for the game. Handballs it over to Brereton. Who'll look for a player downfield. It's Buccanara. No, Leverage got a hand on it first, but English is there backing up for Carlton. He gets the handball back to Motley. He's been quiet in the last quarter or so. He kicks the ball up to half back for Carlton. Abbott's there. Gets the kick in for Hawthorne. Looking for Brereton. He can't take the mark. And in the van, who's there? Oh, okay, hey, hey. But Trevor, it's Russell Green going to last goal. Well, let's see him. No, no. it goes. 15 almost the end of the third quarter. And all this sensationally exciting action being brought to you by... Well, I want, to, I want to go around the commentators now. Is anyone prepared to uh, give Carlton any chance at all? Simon? Oh, you can never rule out Carlton. I'm still tipping him. Tony? Not... Harry the blind miner could see that this is all over this one as the ball goes out of bounds. Trevor? In front of the members. Yes, another boundary throw in to take place or no, the umpire's plucked out a free kick. Well, Meldrum thought he had it. Three-quarter time. That's the it, the siren's gone for three-quarter three quarter time. time. And, and at this stage, it's time to recall another great Carlton disaster which was inflicted on them by, by Neil Baum. And we're crossing over to Adelaide now to, where Julian Ross is talking live to the great man, number 21 himself. Yes, uh, it's Julian Ross here, Neil from the Could Have Been Champions, the football program on 3 R in Melbourne. G'day, mate. How are you? Oh, terrific. Terrific. I hope we didn't get you out of bed. Uh, no, I was just getting up, mate, no problem. Uh, you've got the fluffy moccasins on and the, uh, the uh, terry-toweling uh, jacket. Oh, I've got the silk smoker's jacket on. Oh, oh, I see, so uh, they must pay you pretty well at Norwood. <laughs> no, not all that well. Neil, <laughs> well, uh, You've heard of the Could Have Been Champions in Adelaide, haven't you? Well, uh, Robert McGee's told me all about them, but um, I, don't, I don't get the, uh, the show here, no. You don't get the show, but uh, you receive inside football, and no doubt you read our column first. Yeah, sure do. Well, uh, can we go back into your uh, history a little bit? I know it's a very um, colourful history. A long time ago, too. <laughs> you were recruited from Subiaco. Uh, yes, in the, well, my father was transferred to Melbourne in his work, so that's the reason we went. Yeah. Oh, I see. So what year did you come to Melbourne? 1969. 69, and how old were you? Um, 16, just going 17. And how come you went to Richmond? Oh, I can't remember now. A lot of reasons. Um, uh, mostly because I think Alan Schwab was pretty diligent at his job, I reckon. Uh, but they see it a good club, and fortunately it's probably the best decision I ever made, fortunately. But, uh, it was difficult at the time to know what to do. And uh, the social life was pretty good, wasn't it? Oh, I was too young in those days, George, I know what that was all about. Oh, but uh, if you were 16, you would have uh, had to grow into a man pretty quickly. <laughs> in a big hurry, yeah. The London Tavern, uh, a well-known watering hole for Richmond Tower? Oh, yes, it was. Uh, Sammy Sturgis was a terrific man, and uh, I helped with a lot in those days. So it's a story about you trying to hide yourself when What was the true story there? Uh, was, uh, I think it was a Wednesday night rather than a Friday night. Um, and 
for some reason they, they reckon that some of the boys were stopping at Sammy's pub on the way home all the time. I don't know what, where they got that story from, but this one occasion that we did, unfortunately, we were caught doing it. But, um, in retrospect, it was probably the worst thing they ever did was, uh, was catch us there, because uh, some of the boats got a bit crook on it, and maybe it hurt the, uh, the spirit a bit, but that was in the old days when footy was a bit more fun, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you seem to be early in your career, Neil. You're a good-natured sort of fellow. You were pictured uh, visiting sick kitties in hospital and all that sort of thing. Do you remember those photographs uh, in the sun? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, that was a, again, that was a long time ago. I've done a lot of things since then, but oh, I think everybody uh, tries to do that. I think uh, the famous league football a bit um, gets to you a bit. I think a lot of kids uh, take a lot of interest in footy, and if you can help them when they're cook, I think that's. Uh, I think most people still try and do that now. Okay, so you were you were a good-natured kid uh, floating around in a forward pocket bagging three or four a week. And Neil, in the space of a couple of years, you became the most fearsome ruckman in the league. How did this uh, transition in personality take place? Oh, I think I'm still pretty good-natured. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't ask Jeff Southy that. Oh, well, that's just one of those things in footy, I guess, that uh, just happened. Uh, it was a job that you had to do, or did you just see uh, an opportunity there? Oh, I said that it turned. Uh, I can't recall really the, the lead up or the build up to the whole thing at all. I think it was just uh, just something that, that, that happened. There was certainly no, uh, wasn't, uh, I wasn't told to do it or there was no predetermined plan. Mm. Um, just uh, I think things that happen in grand finals sometimes. Well, on the, on the footy replay a couple of weeks ago, there was some footage of you and uh, there was one incident where uh, there was a a run out duel between you and a South Melbourne defender and all of a sudden the South Melbourne defender fell on his face motionless and you ran into an open goal. Do you remember that incident? <laughs> no, no I don't. I suppose uh, you did send a reef to that South Defender's funeral. <laughs> I can't really recall that incident, no. Yeah, uh, the grand finals, did they bring out the best in you, Neil? Well, you always hope they do, and I think most players, if they really, uh, if they really thought about it, that's when they'd want to play their best. Um, Championship last stanza of 
1986 grand final brought to you by the Motor Dog in North And it's to anybody's game, Tony. It is still anybody's game. Carlton coming home to the scoring end, but it's uh, at the top of the Hawthorne scoring zone between half forward and forward pocket out of side. And it's going to be a hot time on the old town tonight. You can be sure of that. As Madden gets the tap out, but it's Buckingham trying to get through. Can't do so. Comes through to Reese Jones. He looks for the handball. Finds Alvin coming into the game now. He streams towards the wing position and drives Carlton into attack. Hunter's there, but Wallace, a strong mark in defence. Looking forward and finds on the wing position Deer. He plays on straight away. He slips over at the psychological moment, but gets the handball to Ayers, who forces the ball out of bounds. It's on the outer wing with Hawthorne not really in attack, but they're 50 points in front. Ayers, Dipper and Greeny, they're thinking to themselves, Boy, are we going to have a good time in the old town tonight. Here we go. Madden knocks the ball down. Reese Jones trying to do his best. Gets the ball through. Good mark to McKenzie. Play on calls Cameron. Kicks the ball long towards the direction of Bart McClure. Langford who's played a great game. Goes for the boundary. He does. Half forward. Flank forward. Pocket about 35 yards around from the Carlton goal. Out of sight. A minute and a half in with Carlton. Down by about 50 points. And the simulcast being brought to you by the loaded dog. Right, the boundary throw in again. It's Kernahan getting the tap. Hunter comes with the ball. Kicks in towards goal. It's bouncing. Will the Hawthorne player get to it? Russo swoops on the ball. He comes to lend assistance. One bounce. Two bounce. As he comes, charges out of the Hawthorne back line. The left foot pass. Looking for the player on the wing, Russell Green, who takes the mark for Hawthorne. He's looking for the 15 metres. The umpire will pay it, but no, he gets the handball moving straight away to Michael Tuck. He pulls up short. Handball over the top to Abbott. He goes in towards centre-half four for Hawthorne. Platten's behind there, but too tall at the back is Justin Madden. Justin Madden about to send uh, Carlton into attack. Hands off to Motley. No ground whatsoever there, and it's out on the fall. And I'll tell you something, if Hawthorne can kick this, you can almost say that they might be home, but gee whiz, Carlton have been a great side. What about their great grand final wins? But Bacanara's got the ball right on the boundary line, 60 metres out, out of side of the ground, and he's going to go towards Carlton. Is he going to go short? Go long, Bucky. He does. Goes in towards that unstall dual direction. Britton at the back. Knocked through by Bruce Dool. Bruce, it's the other way home, old son. Carlton, 6, 13, 49. Hawthorne, 15, 10, 100. Trailing by 51 points. Two and a half minutes into the last stanza of the 86 final. Brought to you by the loaded dog. All right, the old-timer, Brucey Dool, kicks out. Looking towards the Justin Madden direction. The ball hits the turf. Green charges through, but Reese Jones comes through with the ball. He, oh, he has to get rid of it as Platten comes on the scene. Madden with the left foot in towards the centre. Hunter's out there. Can't pick up the ball. Mew eventually gets the kick in towards... Halfback, who's 38 for Carlton? It's there, Rowan, Robertson, Rowan handing, Robertson handing off to Harms. Harms goes back towards Peter Dean, goes out in the wards. Alvin, Alvin, member side, got to go on, son, take risk. He does over the top, looking towards Glasgow. Glasgow back to the running. Alvin got to hurry his kick into no one in particular. It looks like going out of bounds. McClure's had a dog of a day. So's Kernan. Over the ball, is he going to knock it out? Uh, I think we'll say ball up. Oh, not much he, attempt he didn't there, look Tony. too keen at all, did not he? I think, I think we'll get Bay 13's views on that. Yes, I think he fell over at the psychological moment. And I've been chatting up this beautiful Hawthorne supporter behind me and I was just about to grab her and I fell over at the psychological moment too. Oh, and we just had another psychological moment too, Tony. Me, yes, meanwhile the kick from Blackwell has gone out of bounds on the full and the resultant free kick will go to Hawthorne captain Michael Tuck. And it's just as well too, Trevor, because I've had Tony on the electrocardiograph. He is not fit to continue the call if the scores get closer than 30 points. 
Well, don't kick a goal, a goal, Carlton, because I've had six heart attacks and I've enjoyed every one today. <laughs> Reese Jones goes high, but Mew at the back of the pack showing better judgment. It's the member side half-back flank as Mew kicks the ball towards the centre, looking for Platten, can't find him, poor kick. Alvin gets onto the blue Astro turf, and it's not as bad good as the green Astro turf. Looks towards Hunter, made no ground whatsoever. Get up, Kenny, got to get those old hamstrings working. He won't give him any ground whatsoever. He's in the middle of the ground. He's got to go long. He's looking in the McClure direction. McClure can't get there. And once again, Chris Mew, the rock of Gibraltar. And that was uh, uh, Michael Tuck handling like one of the muscles on the rock of Gibraltar. He didn't handle it too well. Out of bounds, members side, perhaps Carlton just in attack. 100 plays, 49, five minutes in. The loaded dog pub brewery bringing you the three triple R simulcast of the 86 grand final. This the Carlton forward line seems very congested. It's a tap out from Madden. Goes to Motley. He kicks Carlton forward towards the 50 metre line. McClure can't take a trick. Langford punches the ball away from him. Glasgow unloaded by Langford who follows through. Meldrum gets the tap out. McClure's there too slow. He's with Ede. No one can get the ball. In comes Kennedy to dive on top of it. Kick off the ground by a Hawthorne player there. Wallace is in the van. Gets the handball. Back to Langford. Langford will go short into the centre of the ground and it's a mark to Russell Green. He's confounded the critics, Trevor, by coming and playing a slashing game, Russell Green. He's gone to John Kennedy, and I think this will almost seal it. Oh, stand up, son. We want to get to the pub quickly. That's the low 100 playing 49, and basically nothing's happened in this last quarter. But don't worry, I'll make it exciting, even when he's walking back. What's going through his mind? Can I win the game, even though we're 51 points in front? The weight of Atlas is on my shoulder. Come on, Kanga, I'm saying to myself. I go back, I'm full. 45 metres out, I go long, I go strong, I go straight, it's a goal to Carl, no it's not. We are listening to the Caudubin Champions Grand Final Broadcast on CRRFM. Brought to you by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. And we're back in the main com box now, Trevor Marmalade. Well, after the most one of the most exciting behinds I've ever witnessed, the ball is on the Carlton half-forward line. It's, uh, the Hawthorne half-forward line, I'm sorry. As Mew picks up and drives in towards the teeth of goal, Doritich sets himself. English is there backing up. He'll swing onto the left foot, brings the short pass out to Rowan Robinson. He'll go for a bit of a dash. Yes, he's leaving Gary Ears behind. One bounce, two bounce around the outer wing. Swings there, short kick, but it's to no one in particular. Michael Tuck comes out. Scrambles the handball out to Russo, who'll drive Hawthorne into attack once again. Platten's in front, English spoils. Platten follows up though, he's a little terrier, he burrows in. Oh, holding the man, umpire! What does the umpire say? Yes, he's yes. paid the free kick to Platten. Bay 13, would you have paid that one? Disgusting free kick, and I can tell you what, Jeff, right he has got the biggest nose I've ever seen that bloke, Platten. <laughs> You, you, you noticed it in amongst all his hair. Back in the main combox now, it's Tony Leonard. I suggest you look in the mirror, Phil. Looks in the direction of Curran. Motley spoils. They overrun the ball. Can Dunstall pick it up? He can't. The ball will go out of bounds. Forward pocket about 10 yards around. And Brereton obviously looking for a fight. Really would like... Why don't you punch that old man, you wimp, Brereton? <laughs> it's five yards around from the Hawthorne goal. 8.14.15 into the last quarter, 101 plays, 49. It's all over, Barber shouting and the police coming on as Kennedy has a shot over the shoulder. It's a 
it doesn't even get close, but I just thought I'd liven it up. In fact, it goes out of bounds on the other side of the ground, about 15 metres around. OK, I'd like to cross down to outside the ground now. Greg Champion's been kicked out of the members for talking with his mouth full, and he's got his little card table set up there, and he's trying to sell his Dippy Domenico tapes. How are you going, Greg? Yes, I'm shifting quite a few units down here, and uh, all the card supporters are streaming out of the ground in great numbers, and uh, they're... Of course, none of them want to buy it. And they're picking up Dippy tapes. I'm going well. <laughs> Okay, it's back in the main comm box now, Trevor. Oh, the, the bounce to take place 15 yards out from the Hawthorne goal. No room for Payne Hearts out there on the ground today as Madden takes the ball out of the rock. Can't play through. The ball comes out to beam. Alvin gets a short kick in, but bursting through the back is Loveridge. But back there is the old-timer, Brucey Dill. Hang up the boots, Bruce. It's all over, buddy. As Dean comes out of the back pocket, handball across to Reese jones What can Reese jones do? Always going half-pace, but drives Hawthorne. Uh, Carlton up to the centre wing and a good mark to Robertson. Strong mark there. What can Carlton do? You've got to go long, son. None of this short business. You've got to go the shortest way home. Blackwell looking for Hunter. He's in the van and he'll take the mark, even though Morris was late on the scene. He must have opened the doors at the back of the van to get away with that one. Tony. Hunter trying to play on and trying to lift this lethargic Carlton side. Looks for Bernie Evans. Can't do it. Chris New as solid as ever. Ball goes out of bounds. About 10 yards around. Come on, Bernie. Don't look cross. Just try and kick those goals. Carlton really looking for every free kick. It's always a bad sign, Tony. Of course it is when it's 15-11, 101 Hawthorne, 6-13, 49-Carlton. 52 points in front. The loaded dog in North Fitzroy bringing you all the action from the grand final. Oh, come on, umpire. Blackwell was just not in position. I think we'll check that one down at base. Uh, would you have paid that? Is there any reason why I hate umpires, Jeffrey? Did everyone say that was a disgusting, panicking decision? OK, and it's the winner of the grand parade. Piggy Harms has got the ball. Back to you, Tony. Harms looking in the direction and found him of Warren McKenzie. He looks a bit like John Elliott, doesn't he, Warren McKenzie? No, his snout's not doing that. But uh, Peter Dean's obviously telling him the game's not over till the final siren goes, and let's face it, that's probably correct. I don't think McKenzie will be getting a seat on the board after this match either, Tony. He goes about 45, 40 metres out directly in front. Full points to the Blues, and they're not out of it. They are screaming home. A badly needed goal. OK, let's see what effect that last goal's had on the members. Chris, are you still there? Yeah, no effect, Jeff. There's chaos up here. We've had three members strangle themselves on their hand-tied bow ties. We've had seven public schoolboys out in the car park running around trying to jump in front of us, speeding Mercedes. And the Sydney Swans fans love this. They see it as all part of the pre-match entertainment, and they're getting revved up for when the Swans <laughs> appear in the real grand final at 4.30. OK, who else is there in the members? Is Helen still there or is she out with the Bluebirds? No, I'm here, Jeff, if you can hear me. We're yep. still practising the Bluebirds. We're still planning to get down there on that ground and it's going to be a big finish. Just goes to show, Jeff, you can't even buy success from Adelaide. OK, as we go back to the main comm box now, Tony. And what a poignant comment from someone from that state. Peter Motley gets the ball through, kicks it towards Gary Edge, which is pretty silly because they're on opposing sides. Unfortunately, he kicks towards Peter Dean. Bruce still come on, Bruce, he knocked the ball out to Dean. He does so. Dunstall does well then. Well battled, Jason Dunstall. Peter Curran goes towards goal. Don't tell me he could kick it. He hasn't. And John Dortich goes towards Des English. Boys, it might look good on the stat sheet, but the shortest way home, straight up the middle. Kicks it towards Kennedy and the ball's gone out of bounds. What did I say, Trevor? You said a whole heap there, Tony. I won't repeat it because it's a boundary throw-in on the Hawthorne half-forward line. Hawthorne with the game seemingly wrapped up. Can Carlton come back? Not a bloody hope on earth. But we'll make it exciting anyway, listeners, as Reese jones picks up and a nice little whack behind the ear from Green there. Good play by Green. 
as the free kick being paid downfield, I feel, by umpire Cameron. Yeah, come on, no, Trevor. bringing it back, I think, Trevor. Bring it back, controversial. I oh, will check that one in Bay 13, I think. Would it have been down the ground or just ignored? No, no, ignore it. There was nothing in it, Jeff. Play on was the call? No, down the ground, I'm sorry. Oh, you're with the umpires this time. <laughs> OK, it's back to the main com box now, Trevor. But Kernahan in front takes a strong mark. Oh, he's About playing. time he did something. <laughs> there he is. Driving Carlton up towards and half McClure can't get off the ground. The ball tapped out by Loveridge. There's Morris fumbling the ball, but he'll break away from defence anyway and send Hawthorne into attack once again. The ball eludes Green and Alvin. Running for it is Robertson. Burton's there. Robertson feeds out the handball to Dorothy Chu. Swings on the left boot and it's a short pass that finds Reese Jones on the half-back flank. Reese Jones wastes no time. Gets Carlton moving. Looking for Justin Madden. Deers behind. He's spoiled. Here comes Bradley. He's been quiet. What can he do? Nothing. He now gets the ball. And he'll be paid. No. The free kick against Eid there. The umpire said he's Shepherding the ball, I think, Trevor. And there. what a top job Rodney Eid's done for football today. Tony Leonard as Molly Meldrum runs downfield. I'll make this exciting, Trevor. Just have a listen. The ball on the ground. Deer tries to kick the ball around. Klaska try to lift the side. He dodges one. Has a shot over the shoulder in the McClure Kernahan direction. Abbott can't get the ball. McClure's on the ball now. Breaks one tackle. Goes towards goal. It's going to be out of bounds. No, it's not. Blackwell picks the ball up. In his back, Terry Wallace. Must be a free. No, cannot be a free kick. Holding the ball against Blackwell and the free kick will go to Hawthorne's Terry Wallace. Oh, Blackwell's going mad and I think we'll cross down to Bay 13 for that one. Yeah, I saw it, Jeff. He grabbed him, grabbed that Hawthorne by the genitals for Rubbish sure. decision, rubbish decision. Oh, dear me. That's back Would to the game. Would not know, umpire. Leonard. As the members start to get a little bit vociferous, as Rowan Robertson, our forward flank in front of the members, dodges him beautifully, but son, the goals aren't that way. Now, that would have been a beautiful goal if it had been the Nat West sign that was on the boundary <laughs> line. But unfortunately, it's no good. It's 13 minutes into the last quarter. The game more or less wrapped up. But at least all the action on Triple R is being brought to you by the loaded dog. 7-13-55 to 15-11-101. All right, as the ball is taken by Justin Madden. He has the mark there. Gets the handball working to Bradley, who gets his kick in towards centre forward. Hunter's there, but he's swamped by the Hawthorne defence. Platten comes through, handball over the top to Wes. He goes for a bounce, and but even though he couldn't handle it, he Larish, still gets it. Larry, three bounces. The handball working again on the green. He'll line up the goal as he drives in the goal, but only one point to Hawthorne. He hangs his head in shame, oh, one but point it's all over Green. It's spoiled everything. I'm going to cross back up to the members now. Are you there, Chris? It's chaos up here, Jeff. There's a bloke running around here thumping members, and he looks a dead set ringer for Phil Cleary. I think the out has invaded the grandstand. Well, right, let's see if he's over there. Is, is Phil Cleary I'm still... I'm not used to this behaviour in Adelaide. Get out, young man! Get out of the stand, young man! <laughs> I think it's getting pretty ugly back up here, Tony. Gary Yes has been signed by Circus Oz, Tony. <laughs> After that last performance, as Justin Madden, cool, calm and collected as always, gives the ball to Peter Motley, and Motley kicks the ball, and oh, what a timely mark by Curran. And I just thought... Russell Morris. Ah, yeah, Russell. Okay, can I finish, please? Curran's very good friend, Russell Morris. <laughs> as Russell Morris goes towards Justin Madden. Oh, Bacchanara gets a whack on there. Get up, son. The game's not over. It's the running Elvin. Played a real good game for Carlton today. Looking for Meldrum. Shadowed very closely by Tuck as Tuck knocks it out. And that's experience for you. You can't buy experience nowadays, Trevor. Yes, I think you called it right there. Alvin's been one of Carlton's few goers on the day as we've played 16 and a half minutes into the final quarter. There's 14 the minutes final. of agony to go for Carlton. 
Trevor. Yes, as the ball comes to Mew, he's slung to the ground. Kernahan tries to burst his way through. Can't do it. As the ball comes out, the hunter, he'll stream in towards goal. Plants the left boot into it. And, well, across the face of goal. Carlton can't do anything right. It's out of bounds for a throw-in. Forward pocket for Carlton. The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery. Brewers of fine... 15, 12, 102 Hawthorne, 7, 13, 55 Carlton, 47 points in arrears, the Blue Baggers, and uh, bad luck, Smokey Dawson. I know you're listening on Allo. Oh, no, not Smokey Dawson. Well hit out, and here goes the Hawk Machine again. Out of bounds, and that's what good play should be. And not a lot of people know that while the three LO boys are calling the game, they get Tony through the headphones to keep them completely in the picture. You just stay cool, Smokey Dawson. Don't you jump out of the box. I'll do all the exciting stuff here on in. 15-12-102 to 7-13-55. McKenzie can't get the ball. Good play. Loveridge sees the ball go off the ground. It stacks on the mill. Rowan Robinson tackle very well there. And it's on centre wing. As umpire says, it's mine. 18 minutes into the last and quarter. And who was that that tackled him, Tony? It Trevor was, was Russell Green. Embodying the Alan Jeans principle of if you can't be a good player. Don't be a bad player and don't be a bad umpire. The two Titans, Madden knocks the ball. Hasn't he rucked beautifully to the Hawthorne Ruck Rovers all day, Madden? As Gary Ayres kicks the ball out. Unfortunately for him, Kenny Hunter looks in the van. Come on, Kenny, what can you do? Puts the ball on the ground. Goes in the direction now of Bucky Blackwell. Bucky lines up. He won't get the distance, I don't think. Well, I just got the distance. 1.7, 14, 56, 15, 12, 102, 46 points the difference. 20 minutes into the last quarter and the loaded dog is bringing you this fabulous three triple R simulcast live from the MCG as Michael Tuck gets the ball. Oh, the agony and the ecstasy. It's only a matter of time before Hawthorne are doing that lap of honour around the MCG as the ball heads up to centre wing for Hawthorne. English gets the ball out to Dean, well smothered by his teammate <laughs> in hand, who then handballed it straight Skills. over the boundary line. That's what Carlton have been all about today. Gone, Tony Leonard. Here comes the two Titan once again, and Madden, I'll bet he finds a Hawthorne player again. No, they both missed it. And it stacks on the mill on that beautiful blue Foster's grass. Ooh. I prefer Foster's Lager myself, though. 102 plays. Oh, it doesn't really matter anymore. 46 points is the difference. And I'll tell you something, that won't taste very nice just at the moment, that bit of blood. Deer and Madden doing the ruck work again. Good knock by Madden once again. Find harms, harms to Kernan. This is the Carlton machine. Glass got going wide looking for Kenny Hunter and Kenny Hunter's got the ball. Now you've got to go back and go back very quickly, Kenny. <laughs> Time is running out. We're 21 and a half minutes into the last quarter and you trail by eight goals, but I haven't given you a Salas McClure. Per oh, Kernahan! It must be Kernahan's mark. Now please play it, umpire. He has paid it too. And I'll give you an interesting statistic about Steve Kernahan. He took more marks in Australia than any other footballer in 1984. Crikey, that was a while back. Down to Bay 13. Steve Kernahan needed to do that one in the first quarter, not now. Yeah, but there's excitement all round, Jeff. Really excited down in Bay 13. Went jumping up and down, that bit of blood on Motley's face. I think that's got him going, and the violence has finally go, started. Go Don't back to Glenelg. Oh, oh cross back is getting a bit too exciting. They've kicked a goal. And Kernahan kicks a goal. 8 14 62 15 12 102 40 points in arrears of blue boys and it's 23. You are listening to the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final broadcast on 3 Triple FM. Brought to you by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brewers of fine ales and stouts. Well, we cross back to the main com box now, Trevor Marmalade. 
Well, here we are. What can Carlton do? Bring on Hopkins, I say. Bring on Hopkins. That's the only thing that can save them. They're 40 points behind in this vital last quarter of the 86 grand final. There's, no one can get away with the ball, and umpire Cameron will ball it up. Another ball up to take place in the centre of the ground. It's over 21 minutes into the final quarter. And Madden, the tap out once again to the Hawthorne player. Wallace gets the quick kick out of the pack. Platten comes out to meet it. He dives on it like a seagull to a piece of bat. Over to Reed, who's looking for Dunstall, leading out in front of Dool. He's grabbed by Dean, but not before he gets the handball back out. And it's a shot in the goal, but one point to Hawthorne. All it deserved, Trevor, that was a throw by Platten. And I've just noticed something. The goal umpire's wearing Adidas football boots, and he trapped that absolutely beautifully. 41 points to Hawks lead, 22 minutes into the last quarter. The loaded dog bringing you all the action from the MCG, oh. holding the man to Bernie Evans. Act. Come on, fella. Got to oh, get I it want a Bay 13 one. view on that one, that Bernie Evans free kick. No, no, Jeff, forget Bernie Evans. Send him <laughs> back to the swan. OK, back to the main com box now, Trevor. All right, Hunter has the ball on centre wing. He gets the handball fired over the top to Robertson. He sinks the left boot into it. Meldrum's got the oh, mark Meldrum. there, showing better judgment than Tuck. But Tuck drags him to the ground, making sure he doesn't get away. And Meldrum will go back to take his kick for Carlton. Now, I'll tell you something. If he kicks this, they're only 35 points down. And I've seen sides get up off the ground when they're 35 points down. We could have the sensational finish that I've been working myself up for the last two and a half hours. We could be back here next week, Tony. Not on that kick, we're not going to be back. Failed to make the distance. Warren McKenzie, just a footballer. Handballs it to McClure, also just a footballer. Bernie Evans. Oh, and just a kick. And I'll let a picture tells a thousand stories and I'll let the, the, the listeners have a look at that one. Richard Loveridge to take the kick in 10 yards away. Carlton in attack, it's on the members' side, but it's all, almost against the point post. And won't those kids have a good time with their floggers tonight? Richard Loveridge kicks the ball in over the 50 metre line. Kernahan flies high, no good son. Russell Morris knocks the ball out to Peter Curran. Into the back of Curran, must be a free kick. And I think they'd like to kick one to really stitch it right up, Carlton. Curran's got the ball now. Who's he going to look for? Absolutely no one. Picks out someone in the members, because that's the side he goes. Looking towards a really nice-looking blonde-haired chap who just gave it to him in Russell Morris. And don't they look alike, those two boys? Peter Russo played a great game today. Great pass in the direction of Johnny Platten. John Dorotich trying to get the ball. Dorotich, no right side, has to handball left-handed. Platten dives in well. Britton tries to get the ball. Oh. English comes through. Reese Jones picks the ball out and he's going to try and set something up for Carlton. He does in the agency of Harms. Harms goes towards Bernie Evans. Can't take the ball. He comes through holding the man. Play on should be the call. It's not. It's holding the man. Yes, the free kick, and rightly so to Ede, who goes in short, looking for Bacanara. He plays straight on and fires in towards goal. And the result, one point. Well, I'd like to cross down to Bay 13 now. Bernie Evans' performance there was a bit half-hearted. Oh, look, there's a fright down here. Someone's bitten clear his ear off. There's a piece of ear, and we've wrapped it in ice, and we'll get it sewn back on after OK, we'll game. cross back to the main comp box as the old man's having a kick. Tony. As he said, someone lend me your ear, and he found Peter Dean at the meantime. 45 metres, that gone straight up the ground. Got to take risk. Harms has been a fair player today. Gives it to the running high school teacher. He goes long in the direction of Blackwell. Not there, though. And the Sullivan star, when they make Sullivan's two, Chris Langford, you get in the line for a job. Finds the used <laughs> car salesman in Chris Mew. Mew out of side, looking in the direction of oh, Russell Morris. Thing. The real thing gives it towards Bucky Nara. Wallace on again. 
stuffs it up. McClure on the wing trying to get a kick and lift his side. Too late, Sellers. Hunter dropping the ball. Hunter holding the ball. Hunter handballs the ball. And Kernahan picks it up and he handballs it. But the ever-reliable Greg Deer <laughs> handballs it out. Kenny Hunter can't get the ball. Alvin trying to lift his side. So's Peter Dean. Don't fight with the ball, son, because someone like Gary Ayres will come in and the umpire will say, give me the leather, fellas. I want to slap it right into the turf. I'll take charge and signal time off to the timekeepers. And time is 25 and a half minutes into the last quarter. It's 42 points the difference. Hawthorne in front and the loaded dog in North Fitzroy bringing you all the action. And the Victoria Police, you'll notice them in position right around the ground. And what a great job they do every year, the Victoria Police and the St. John's Ambulance Brigade. We can't forget them either as Doridge bundles the ball out of bounds on the Hawthorne half forward line once again. Hello Mum, I'm from Alice Springs and uh, the ball is thrown in. Curran knocks the ball out well straight to English however. The running Robertson, he handballs it to himself as he kicks the ball out then trying to find Kernahan. Get up son, can't do so. Mackenzie knocks it through. Kernahan's got the ball, take one bounce. You're not Phil Manassas son, I'll give you the tip. He goes in towards yeah. goal and he's kicked it. Full points. Consolation goals there for Carlton. A bit late mate. The Loaded Dog Pub Breweries, supporters of the Could Have Been Champions Grand Final Simulcast on 3RRR FM. The Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Brewers of fine ales and stouts. Well, it looks as though the Carlton supporters have taken it on the chin. Not, not, too, uh, look, not looking too upset there, Trevor. Uh, the Carlton supporters will be streaming out of the ground right now. They well, don't take it well. We'll They'll take a quick check up in the members. How's the crowd situation there? <laughs> okay, the ball goes down. Another great knock by Madden finds Rod Ede and Michael Tuck. And gee whiz, I read there's 36 men out there just absolutely dead on their feet. And Michael <laughs> Tuck is the epitome of that. 27 minutes and 10 seconds into the last quarter. 15 14 place, 9 14. Carlton, six goals in arrears. Russo kicks the ball up towards St. Arford. A very quiet Brereton and an even quiet Dorotich are still doing bad. Bacchanara coming through. Here he goes, just to shove it right up. And good pass in the direction of Dunstall. Dunstall's got the ball. He balks Bruce Dool. He lines up, put it down, it'll be full point, it is phone well called You are listening to the Kudabin Champions Grand Final Broadcast on FM. Brought to you by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St. George's Road, North Fitzroy Brews are fun, ales and stouts Well, fine ales and stouts aren't really the material they're drinking down in Bay 13, but we'll just see how they are. Yes, well, with that Hawthorne supremacy across the centre line, they'll be playing the bluegrass music in Hawthorne tonight. I'm having a bit <laughs> okay. of trouble hearing you, Jeff. I'm chasing my ear around under the seats. Oh, I don't know where it's going. Yours, yours had a pencil behind it too, Phil. Back to the main comm box now, Tony. No, need to, no need to come back to me. Hawthorne, 16, 14, 110. Have defeated Carlton in the 1986 grand final. 9, 14, 68. And all the action today. And we'd like to thank the people that have really got behind Triple R all day, including this morning. And that's to make us a fine bruise up at the Loaded Dog in St George's Road and Holden Street. North Fitzroy, the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery have been fantastic supporters of the day today and thanks for listening. 
Thanks listeners, thanks sponsors, thanks to everyone who takes part in the Could Have Been Champion simulcast here on 3RRR and most of all, thank you Carlton and thank you Hawthorne. And just to take us out, here's a word from Mark McClure. Yeah, it's Mark McClure. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. Imagine all the
Simulcast brought to you by the Loaded Dog Pub Brewery, 324 St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. Love those fine ales and stouts. Home brewed. Ah, yes. Rough. Kennedy took the field, the players stepped aside. 
side. When Ricky Kennedy went to fall back, the resting rovers would hide. Because a whack in the ear was the only law that Ricky understood. When it came to throwing straight left hooks, he was mighty good. Many a knee went in the groin, many a player would fall. The man who snuffed big Ricky Kennedy, he stopped bad Ricky Kennedy. He was the bravest. From out of the center, the umpire came, a notebook in his hand. His hand, the kind of an ump that Ricky loved to crush with just one hand. Because a kick in the guts was the only law that Ricky understood. When two men square up chin to chin, only one can win. Many a knee went in the groin, many a player would fall. The man who snuffed big Ricky Kennedy, he stopped bad Ricky Kennedy. He was the bravest of them all. Yeah, now go crazy, no lifers.